Welcome, my friends. This is episode 92 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. And I haven't thrown you a bone in a while. I, I did I had to do something a little bit different today. My <laughs> name's Jeff, and I'm here with Logan. Yo! And Carlos. Konnichiwa. Nice. We need that. Indeed. That's how people know that we're a podcast about Japanese animation. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they didn't know already. Yeah. It's you really it's konnichiwa. It's very subtle. Our our podcast title, everything about our podcast, we're very on the DL. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's hard to believe that anybody even finds us at all with a name like Anime Arcade. I mean, how how are they supposed to know what we talk about? It's crazy. <laughs> Who knows? You watch yeah. the Japanese cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have called ourselves. <laughs> Japanese so, cartoons arcade. <laughs> <laughs> we Japanime. Uh, so we reviewed the second half of, I forget the season, but Winter. we reviewed the second half of it. Winter 2019. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this a while. We apologize. <laughs> no, this part, this is, people expect this of me. I forget what season it's in. So winter 2019, second half, we put it in the books. We've given our thoughts. It's been a good one. I've enjoyed it. Kind of a, a wide range of reviews this episode. There is a show all three of us have watched, so look forward to which one that is. And uh, what'd you guys think? Yeah, it's good. It's rare that we get the that show that we all watch, so that was a fun fun one to discuss. Yeah, for sure. Good talks, uh, a lot of fun, a, a lot of uh, dual person watches. So uh, enjoy that, and uh, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Ochinchi. Oh boy. say though this shadowverse game is absolutely scratching the trading card game itch that i've had lately so I'm pretty excited about it i already have spent quite a bit of time looking at all the cards i got with the very generous kind of welcome packs that they give you i think i got 10 of every single pack oh yeah no they, they throw cards at you i'm excited i mean like Playing it, like I said, I, I I went hard in that game and I played like a lot of ranked and it's a frustrating game when you're really bad at trading card games like I am. Uh, so I'm probably going to play it a lot more casually this time around. Um, but I'm excited for it mostly because there's going to be a, uh, eventually there's going to be a Love Live um, collaboration with that well, game. So that's actually what kind of, I think why the conversation started. That's what turned me on to the game. It's always Love Live. And <laughs> it's always love life. Every every episode we have to have some tie-in, right? The, yeah. So I mean, a trading card game, love live. I think you know that's not why Schwartz. I really wish why Schwartz would come up with like an online version. Yeah. I think that'd be great. I, I mean, like they would have to do so much, though. I mean, it's <laughs> true. Like, I guess it wouldn't be that bad because you would just essentially make like like you know trading card games uh, like the digital ones have packs or. I don't know, sure. like, you know, the different 
bundles or whatever they'll have them like as expansions just do that just like uh here's your monogatari uh expansion here's your madoka expansion here's your love live sunshine expansion here's your fate zero apocrypha whatever whatever expansion you know magic online has gotten well at least back in the day I'm, i'm talking probably six years ago the last time i really followed magic but magic online was picking up steam then and i just could not bring myself to pay the same amount of money for a pack of digital cards that i would pay for a pack of you know actual in my hand cards that have resale value because you know everyone knows magic cards actually have a pretty significant value in some cases so i couldn't get myself behind that but I think with a game like Y Schwartz, where I literally don't have a local game store that I know of anywhere nearby, and I don't think even the ones that I do know of back when I used to live further south, no one played Y Schwartz. So, right. It would be nice to have an online version of it. Anyway, Shadowverse is pretty cool. If I'm probably the last person to the party to play that game, but it's, it's uh, definitely a Hearthstone clone. But I think there's. Actually, it's a little more advanced than Hearthstone. From my from my experience so far, there's quite a lot of strategy involved that I did not experience in Hearthstone. So I, I would say a little more, a couple more layers than Hearthstone, in my opinion. <laughs> still, still the same pain in the ass stuff that you run into um, when people find a meta. But I mean, if you want to play casually, that's there. That's there, too. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, again, good games when there's a meta, when there's a, you know, a popular deck, someone eventually creates a deck that counters that deck, which is always kind of part of the fun for me. I I always hate certain decks when they come out, but you always got to try to think, how do I beat that deck? What am I going to, what am I going to play that can beat that stupid deck? So anyway, trading card games. I'm sure we've got plenty of people who listen that love those games. (laughs) There's, there's, I mean... Given our demographic, there's got to be at least one. <laughs> there's got to be crossover. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, if you're looking for a trading card game that has really cute anime characters in it, then this is this is a good one for that. So, Yeah, the designs for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a Japanese company that's making it. So, I mean. It was uh, cute and cool. I, I, I built a really cool dragon deck. It's got a bunch of really awesome looking dragons in it. So my favorite character or my favorite master in that whole game is a is literally a necromancer who's a lolly she's great (laughs) (laughs) say no more (laughs) yeah yeah see see some some of our some of our what do you call it our fans probably just flock to the game right now our listeners i should say thank you uh you can you can thank us later shadowbird (laughs) so part two reviews we're gonna knock these out i think I think we've got some surprises in store for this for this episode. So I guess we can jump right to it if you guys want, unless yeah. you have something else you want to talk about. Let's, nah. let's do it. Yeah. Okie dokie. The first one up here is a show that I drafted. Um, one of two plane shows this season that I was contemplating and decided to go with this one. Ended up watching the other one too. We'll get to that one later. But this one is Girly Air Force. Uh, which is done by Studio Satellite, who has done such works as Log Horizon, um, Fairy Tale. Let me see any other notable 
ones. Nope, that's it. Everything else is trash. Um, but yeah, they did an all right job with this one. The synopsis for this one is mysterious flying creatures known as Zai suddenly appear. And in order to fight the creatures, mankind creates fighter aircraft called daughters, as well as the automatic flying mechanism anima, which are shaped like human girls. The story centers on a young man named Kei Narutani, who yearns to fly in the sky, and an anima considered to be humanity's trump card, a girl named Grippen. Um, so yeah, we kind of uh, jump into the anime and we see um, Kei and his childhood friend, I guess, um, Mingwa, who uh, is Chinese, and they were living in China, and they were escaping from China to Japan, because the world is getting slowly taken over by the Zai, um, which we don't really know exactly what they are, other than they are like incredibly quick moving and like processing computer type organisms that fly around the sky and destroy stuff. This kind of sounds Kankole esque. Um, like plain Kankole or something. It, it reminds me more of um, Strike Witches. Okay, sure. I haven't yeah, seen that. Yeah, one. yeah, I would say the enemies are definitely more strike witches. Um, okay. Uh, so, that, so they're geometric space that that are three D animated, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're like, oh, you know, spoiler, I guess for this, but we never really find out what they are. Um, we only ever see them in, you know, plane form, I guess, or whatever they are. Um, we never actually see a see or talk to a Zai. Um, so that is a mystery that they kind of left hanging. Um, but yeah, as uh, Kay and Mingwa are um, on this boat trying to get to Japan, their um, boat gets attacked by the Zai and uh, you get to see like the regular military kind of like scramble and try to take down these Zai, but just get obliterated right away. And then a pink, pinkish red shining aircraft comes in and just starts destroying them. Um, and then, but it looks like it overheats and crashes in the water. And I forget exactly why he was there, but uh, our main guy, Kay, uh, swims over to the plane that's just floating in the water, opens up the cockpit and finds a uh, cute little pink-haired girl sitting in the uh, in the uh, the pilot seat. Um, this turns out to be uh, a girl named Grippin, who is an anima. And anima are... Um, how should I describe it? Uh, they are... Artif... Mm, not artificial. They're like lab people. Like <laughs> they're they weren't born normally. They were created in labs, um, and for some reason they chose for them to look like you know high school girls huh. um, because it's anime. So of course, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because figures, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and man, where does it even go from there? So I guess Griffin kind of saves the day there. Um, Kay arrives in Japan uh, and 
kind of, I think, decides that he wants to kind of do what he can to fight the Zai because apparently the Zai killed his mom, who was a um, a pilot, but not like an Air Force pilot. She was just like, she flew in like air shows and stuff like that. And I guess the Zai attacked her in an air show and she died. <clears throat> um, so he kind of starts hanging around the Air Force base or... He's he's around the Air Force base for some reason, and he gets kidnapped by the Air Force people and taken into their facility. Um, and we come to find out that Grippen um, reacted, I guess, to his presence um, and was flying better because I guess she was a kind of a defective anima and was on the verge of being scrapped, but because he was around she was actually showing signs of improvement so they kind of start this program where he starts working with her um to kind of see what her capabilities are with him around um we get introduced to other anima there is a uh a blonde well uh endowed a girl named Eagle, who is <laughs> very much like what you would uh, think a an American would be uh, depicted. I was going to say the Amer- <laughs> the the American uh, plane. She right? is not actually the American plane. Um, Interesting. Yeah, she just has the code name Eagle for some reason, and <laughs> looks looks like Iowa. So uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we get to meet her. She's like super hyper ganky. Um, just very competitive too. Wants to be the the best uh, anima out there. Shoot down the most Zai. Um, so we kind of get a little bit of character with her. Uh, and then the third of the main trio arrives. And I think, where is she from? I can't remember. <sighs> I don't remember if she's like from Japan and was just stationed elsewhere or if she came from like China or something like that. Anyways, her name's Phantom. Um, she's a green haired girl. She's really not that pleasant of a person. She's got a very kind of a uh, haughty attitude um, and thinks that she's better. Uh, and she is in some ways because she cheats uh, because her plane, I guess has the capability to hack into other planes, radars and, scramble stuff and make things all weird um all these uh anima or the daughters i guess are based off of real uh airplanes in the world like eagle is based off of uh you know what i can't remember can't remember what any of them are i thought i had it written down i don't phantom is based <laughs> off of uh the american f4 phantom that's the only one that i have here so they really are screaming America with this girl, but she's not American. No, this the, the Phantom is not the American-looking girl. Phantom is oh, okay. green-haired and different. Yeah. Gotcha. We do eventually get an American um, anima whose name I can't remember because it's not really that important, I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess it's kind of important. So like, they're kind of just like training the the story is they're they're training and occasionally getting in uh fights with the Zai and 
um, just kind of doing their best to fight back against what seems to be kind of a unstoppable force that's taking over this world. And they don't really know the reason why the Zai are attacking or where they even really came from, or at least they don't explain it in the anime. Um, but we're led to believe that the Zai just want the you know extin- extinction of humanity uh, for whatever reason. But the girls kind of do their best to uh, fight them back and protect Japan uh, because that's where the majority of the fighting is taking place currently because the Zai are kind of spreading. Like they've taken over China at this point and they're kind of working their way towards Japan, um, kind of up various little islands and everything. Um, And... I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much what this show has to offer. Uh, there is an American anima that kind of joins them in the fight and gets kind of taken over by the Zai because she's a program, so that can happen, I guess. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. It, it was an okay show. Um, I don't think the if you're looking for like a realistic kind of like airplane show, this is definitely not it. Um, I think Strike Witches is kind of a good comparison in some ways, uh, combat-wise. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much more to say about the show. I didn't, you know, hate it. <clears throat> didn't necessarily love it, but it was a was fine this one, watch. Was this one based off a mobile game? I can't remember. Yes, yes, I think it was. Yeah, okay. Um, which... I mean, honestly, there weren't a lot of mobile gamey aspects to it. I mean, other um, than the enemy. Wow, boy, was this a mobile game? I think it's getting a mobile game. I think it's actually based off of a light novel. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Um, I wouldn't really recommend it, but if you're looking for something kind of dumb and fun the girls are pretty cute uh, i really did like ripping a lot um the the rest of the cast was okay um i felt bad for uh mingua because she obviously had the uh the hots for k but k was a main character in an anime so he can't understand any of that stuff hmm. uh yeah i don't know do you guys have any questions <laughs> no sounds good <laughs> It sounds very, <laughs> it just sounds really box standard. Yeah, um, I, I, it pretty it, much is. Which is kind of a shape. Like the thing is, I, I'm noticing a lot um, is uh, like Conquoli. Granted, there's you know people who loved it and people who hated it. But, mm-hmm. You know, I loved it. Yeah. But more and more, I'm kind of separate, like not enjoying shows where it's just like here's generic enemy. Please enjoy the cute girls and i'm like the cute girls are fine but you know where they'd be fine like even better in a uh, slice of life if you're gonna give me like high action and drama with the cute girls and i'd really like my world to be built a little bit better thank you yeah right yeah yeah they just don't explain a lot um mm. i guess one point that i forgot to talk about was that uh the anima are based <laughs> off of uh zai technology so a lot of people are very wary of Grippin and eagle and phantom and the other girl um but yeah like there's just a lot of questions that they just don't answer yeah it's a shame yeah if the second season came around i'd definitely watch it because uh 
you know, I enjoyed gripping enough to want to continue it. But other than like, if this doesn't get a second season, then I just don't think it's <laughs> really worth the time personally. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five because I think it was just fine. Just standard. Nothing offensive, but nothing great. Right. Okay. Well, if the show that you just reviewed is considered dumb and fun, which uh-huh. I, I liked that. Did, did you give it a, a review or a, a score? Yeah, two and a half. Cool. All right. I just want to make sure I wasn't stepping on your toes no, there. No, I good. was trying to prepare for, for this review, actually, <laughs> because if the, if the show that you watched Girly Air Force is considered dumb and fun, I would consider this exactly the opposite as smart and not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy you with the Thoris for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's hard because I, I don't want to say bland. I don't want to say boring. I don't want to say because Boogie Pop was by far not a boring show. It, it actually was quite interesting, but I, I found that for me and and for kind of what I was trying to get out of a show at the time was just a little too complicated, honestly. And and I think I'm going to probably really disappoint a lot of people with this review because anyone who actually really enjoyed Boogie Pop and really kind of sunk their heart into this show and tried to kind of pull out the deeper meaning and a lot of what these episodes had to offer, this was an incredibly deep show. And I think it presented a lot of really interesting points and kind of messages on the nature of human beings and the nature of our society and everything like that. But quite frankly, I just didn't have the time nor the interest in trying to kind of understand all of the messages that it was trying to portray. So kind of basically just to synopsize the show, Boogie Pop is a show about a world that has some some shit going on there. There's a lot of, it appears a lot of characters and a lot of evil beings that are trying to kind of hurt or change humanity in a lot of different ways. And it plays out over the course of, I want to say four major arcs. The first arc being a, this kind of character that the other thing that I find with these characters and these evil beings is that they're not obviously evil. It's not like, Oh my God, there's a monster rampaging through the streets Mm -hmm. in a visual sense. These are characters that they seem to be taking over human people and making them do evil things in a way, or at least they're masquerading as these, as what look like human beings, but they're causing a lot of harm to innocent people. So the first kind of arc we have this character who is just killing and eating people which actually i thought played out pretty interesting i I really did like the first arc of this show because i thought it did a really good job of capturing kind of the horror aspect of boogie pop so then we we, as we go through and we see this first arc come to a close and i don't want to dive too deep into all the names and the characters because quite frankly as you're going to hear throughout my review is the show introduced a ton of characters and I tried really hard to really understand and know who all of these characters were, but each arc introduces a whole new kind of variety of characters. There's a few that carry over, but for the most part you have, you follow a new group of characters, each of the four arcs. And by the end of the arc, they either they're dead or they are gone and you move on and, and, it all kind of means nothing at that point. The carryover character, of course, that goes through the main one being Boogie Pop, who's the title character of the show, 
is a girl who has a split personality. And again, I think I'm missing something here because I didn't really gather what was going on with her character and why she was Boogie Pop and, and a normal high school girl or middle school girl, or whatever she was at the same time. But this girl named Toka, who also becomes Boogie Pop when the time arises that Boogie Pop needs to kind of surface. And basically the way these four arcs all go through is you have this evil being kind of preying on humanity for a few episodes or four or five episodes. And then all of a sudden in the end, Boogie Pop shows up and, you know, vanquishes the enemy it, relatively easily, actually. So I get the feeling like throughout those episodes leading into the, the finale of each arc, it was really Boogie Pop trying to find out who the evil creature was or who the evil being was. Uh -huh. The thing was... <laughs> In a lot of cases, it felt like Boogie Pop did know who it was and was just allowing this, this evil, you know, you know, the, uh, what is it? The antagonist, I guess, to prey on humanity for a little while. <laughs> so again, I, I feel like I didn't really understand that aspect of it, but so Boogie Pop carries over and, and we get an arc about a creature who's eating people. We get an arc about this kind of weird the Imaginator, which I thought was probably the most fleshed out arc of the entire show, who was a creature or a being who was finding the, and again, I, I forget because it's been a while since I've watched the show and I didn't take great notes on it, was, there was, was could see a flower blooming inside characters. Okay. Uh, inside people. And it was kind of like a, they would see this flower, you know, when they looked into their soul, they saw if their flower was blooming, like if they had a complete and happy and fulfilled life. And <laughs> he would try to give people this, but by in turn, he kind of was taking away their humanity. So it was, you can kind of see where it's, he, he might be making their life, there, there's no turmoil or whatever, but in at the same time, kind of taking away who they were or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I probably sound really stupid talking about the show, quite frankly, <laughs> but I just didn't, I didn't have, I guess I just didn't have the desire while I was watching it, especially after like the first arc and I realized kind of what the, what it was doing. I just didn't want to pay attention that much to it, honestly. And I don't really feel like the show did a great job of making me want to pay attention to it. So we go through arcs and again, each arc you see this antagonists go through prey on humanity for a while and in the end boogie pop comes and saves the day and all of the, all along there's this organization in the background again who i didn't quite understand the whole significance of who was seemed to be pulling strings and and doing things behind the scenes so while there's the main antagonist there was the the organization in the background who's kind of trying to manipulate stuff as well <laughs> and it all kind of goes in the end there's another arc about a girl who's really sick and something with that and <laughs> there's another arc about the king of distortion who seems to be controlling the minds of people and making them see things that aren't real and again i'm probably missing a lot of the underlying themes of the show but and again i'm sorry if i'm disappointing the viewers who really enjoyed it and i really really love to hear what you thought about it i actually did have to read a couple of reviews just to understand what the hell i watched with boogie pop honestly because throughout the show throughout the episodes i kind of understood each episode and i thought it really presented a lot of really interesting themes and really interesting messages but if i had taken notes i probably have a lot of really cool stuff to say about this show but i just didn't care 
after that episode was over. It was enjoyable. It was interesting. But at the same time, I honestly had to force myself to finish it because I just lost interest probably about halfway through. I was about halfway through enjoying it, but I trailed off through the second half. That kind of is the story. Sorry again. <laughs> I, I don't think that I did it any justice. <laughs> no worries. But <laughs> the show itself I thought was really done well. I think the studio did a phenomenal job as far as the way that they presented the story. And I know that this is a pretty beloved uh, manga or visual novel or whatever. But the studio did a great job, I think, with the visuals, with the voice acting. Unfortunately, the, the one thing I would say is that the characters – and this was a struggle I had throughout the show, they all look very similar. And I found myself continuously having to go online and look up the, the My Anime List article just to remember who this character was because there were a couple of recurring characters, but they all look like kind of standard black hair, middle like medium length. Your eyes kind of vary a little mm. bit in most cases. And it's hard. It's really hard to understand who all these characters are, especially when they don't show up for several episodes and then they come back. So that's one of my probably biggest complaints with the show, honestly. But uh, visuals I thought were great. The music was probably my favorite thing about the show. The opening was awesome. The kind of background music did a really good job of setting the mood for a lot of these episodes and in the situations that characters were in. I thought the character models were fine. They just looked too similar. Yeah. And I thought, again, each episode presented a really interesting, typically a really interesting theme and a really interesting message about humanity or about society or about the apocalypse or about some kind of social construct that we deal with. So um, for anyone, I think who really wants to, sit down and really dig into a sci-fi show like this. Mm -hmm. I, I want to, I say sci-fi. It's not really, I don't know. I don't know what you'd do. <laughs> a thriller, an intellectual thriller. I, I really don't know what you'd call it. It is sci-fi in the sense that there's mythical beings and there's There's a lot of mad magic, quote unquote. I don't know. <laughs> psychological, psychological, I guess we can call it that. Okay. Um, I don't think it did a really great job of the horror after the first arc, but I guess maybe it could be because I lost interest and I didn't really feel like I was in the show as much anymore. And yeah, so I think that this show would do really good for someone who wants to take the time to understand what's going on with it. But I think for someone like me at the time anyway, who just didn't have the time and didn't have the interest to really dig in and really understand everything that was going on, it fell a bit flat for me anyway. What do you guys think? Any any questions? <laughs> so so <laughs> was it a horror? I don't think so. I, I think the first the first arc was more physically horrifying because the character actually was doing bad things to people physically, mm. whereas the rest of the arcs were more psychological in the sense that they the these characters were more mentally messing these people up. They were either mind controlling them or stealing their minds away. Or it, there's also these kind of synthetic human beings that show up for a time. So it kind of deals with some of the, the what's the word I'm looking for here? The moral kind of problems with that, I guess. Hmm. And yeah, I wouldn't say after the first arc that I felt at any point, like it was a horror. It wasn't really even that thrilling for me. I didn't really feel 
like I didn't care enough about the characters to really care if something happened to them, I guess. <laughs> so though I thought that the setting was pretty good. It was pretty creepy. It was morose. It was very just drab, dark, hmm. gloomy. I don't know. I'm trying to think of good adjectives here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing my best with this show, guys. And I really, again, I, I for anyone listening who really enjoyed Boogie Pop, I'm sorry because I know I'm not doing justice to this. And I did actually try to prepare for this review because I felt like I needed to try my best to prepare something for the people who actually really enjoyed the show, but it just wasn't me. Uh, it it you, wasn't for you, me. You can only review it the way, <laughs> the way you, yeah. you see it, man. So right. you don't have to apologize and, and, so much. I'm sure they understand, hopefully. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing for me. I think that I'm a pretty average anime watcher, you know? At least I would like to think so anyway. And a show like this, I think for more people than not, it's probably going to fall totally flat. Though, for people who finished it that did not force themselves to finish it like I did. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people probably just would stop watching the show after a few episodes or maybe several episodes. Anyone who finished it probably really enjoyed it, I would think, because they, they kept on with it. So, yeah, I, I think it has a lot of good going for it. And I think it has a lot of potential for the right viewer. But it, I don't think I was the right viewer for Boogie Pop, unfortunately. Hmm. Well. So, uh, yeah. but what, what do you give it as someone who's not, <laughs> who's not yeah. suited to Boogie Pop? I think, man, I really don't want to be too harsh on it, but I, I'd say probably a 2.5 fully average for 2.5. me. Yeah. Right. On. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird one. It was 16 episodes, right? 18. Yes. 18. Eight, 18. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. And it went, I guess it went a little long and it actually did a release. And I I love the fact that it did this actually. It released a few episodes right up front. I think it was three. I think it released the first three episodes right away in the beginning. And I think that was a really good idea for the show because the first episode, you're like, what the, what did I just watch? You know? And the first three, I was really interested in Boogie Pop. I really was. I was excited to watch the show. But I think just throughout the show and as it went on, I just cared less and less as each episode went on. So. Yeah, uh, but I don't want to. I don't really want to yeah. shit on it too much because I think it had a lot of good. It just was had to be the right person watching it for sure. Yeah, that is all right. Anime is not for everyone. Not every anime is for everyone. Okay, I'm going to stop trying to make words <laughs> make sense. <laughs> well, you're unfortunately going to have to continue making no! words. You're next. No. Okay. Yes, I am next. Um, this show, uh, I drafted kind of on a whim because I wasn't too impressed with what the uh, season had to offer when we were doing our draft episode. Uh, and I figured, you know, this one sounded like enough fun. I might as well take a chance on it. And that is the anime Quintessential Quintuplets. Um, this one is done by Tezuka Productions. Um, who's done, um, who's doing Dororo. Um, they did Blackjack. They've done um, a lot of Blackjack. Um, it's like mostly Blackjack. Uh, but, oh, and uh, Kids on the Slope. That was the other one that I was thinking of. Um, it looks really good. Uh, very, very colorful anime. Um, if you even just like look at the, kind of a 
the cover art for the anime. Um, all the girls, despite being you know quintuplets, all have very distinct, colorful hair and outfits, um, and uh, that kind of uh, the I guess fun nature of the color kind of bled into the show because it was a pretty fun show to watch. Um, the uh, synopsis for this one uh, is. Well, I guess just the overview. I'm not. Gonna, it's a long synopsis on my anime list, so I'm just going to skip it. Um, there's a guy named, <coughs> excuse me, uh, named Futaro, who is kind of the, I guess, top student of his class, uh, but also a very socially awkward uh, individual um, whose family is kind of in a lot of debt for whatever reason, or just isn't very well off, um, and he kind of runs into a girl at school while trying to eat lunch uh, named Itsuki, who um, turns out has awful grades. Um, and she kind of asked him to tutor uh, her, but he's kind of a pompous asshole and kind of like makes fun of how much she's eating. And so she changes her mind. Um, but it finds out, or it turns out that uh, his dad found him a job where he's going to tutor a bunch of girls who just moved into town. And it just so happens that Itsuki is one of the five quintuplets that he has to go tutor now. Um, and that, as you might imagine, causes a little bit of conflict. Um, the other sisters, there's um, a girl named Nino, who's kind of a very... Uh, uh, I don't. It's not Gyaru-ish, but she's very into fashion and stuff like that. Um, very haughty and absolutely does not want uh, Futaro uh, around her sisters or her or to do the um, the tutoring. Um, she's fine with the way that they are. Uh, there's a uh, a girl named Ichika who's very kind of like cool and uh, I guess technically the eldest of the sisters um, born, you know, seconds before the rest of them. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love it when the eldest is born seconds, you know, and they act like the eldest, the rest of their lives. It's uh -huh. always a fun kind yeah. of a uh, trope, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, Yotsuba who is a very kind of like ditzy, ganky, um, just kind of fun girl who, uh, is actually like one of the only ones who actually wants to study and is like the first person on board with Futaro and his uh, attempts to uh, get this tutoring underway. Um, there's Itsuki, like I mentioned before, um, who, because of the way that Futaro acted when they first met and wants nothing to do with him, doesn't want to participate in his tutoring. Um and then there is the best girl in the show, and is undeniable, Miku, who is a headphone-wearing, shy, just wonderful, wonderful girl. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, she has, like, her quirk, I guess, is that she has a, a thing for Japanese history, uh, specifically uh, Japanese warlords. Mm. Um, literally always the Sengoku era or yeah, sometime yeah. around uh huh uh, um, and uh, 
so we come to kind of find out um, that each of these girls um, excel. No, shouldn't, I shouldn't say excels. None of them. They're all very bad students, but they all have one subject that they're good in and they don't share a subject. So I forget who exactly is good at what, but, you know, one of them's good at math. One of them is good at, you know, PE. And then there's like history, which is Miku. And then whatever other Japanese or uh, subjects that they study in uh, Japan. Um, but the story is just kind of Futaro trying to get these girls to cooperate with him because he needs this job in order to, uh, you know, keep his family afloat um, and just kind of getting the girls to open up to him um, through various, you know, means. Uh, he gets Miku to kind of open up to him by, you know, studying as much as he can about Japanese warlords and then, you know, answering every question that she has because she thinks he's not serious about, you know, helping them. And <clears throat> um, for Nino, he just kind of has to, like, she she really does not like him at the start. Um but and she like does everything she can to get him fired. But after she sees what, you know, he's doing to kind of help her sisters, she kind of eventually she she never really warms up to him, but she kind of accepts him as their tutor. Um, there's a I don't like this bit um, because I think Futara is a bad main character. I think he's just a bad person, not not a bad person. He's stupid he's just stupid like he's grade smart but socially just the worst um yeah. there's a they go on like this school trip um to i don't know the mountains or whatever and uh they have a like the uh like the forest ghost walk thing that they do um courage test <laughs> um and uh, Futaro is wearing a blonde wig. And I guess uh, Nino has a thing for blonde dudes, blonde thuggish dudes. Um, and so he's like scares her. Uh, and then they kind of like get separated from everyone else. And then Nino falls in love with the blonde haired thuggish dude, not realizing it's Futaro. And he doesn't correct her because he's a coward. And I hated it. Um, but yeah, I mean, each of the girls kind of get their own little arc with him. Um, there's a, a pretty good fireworks arc. Um, though <laughs> I remember B tag mentioning this in, uh, the chat that we had on our discord, but <laughs> the, uh, fireworks show in that arc took place over the course of an hour. And that has to be the most expensive fireworks show, the longest fireworks <laughs> show in the existence of anything. Um, so that was, that was funny. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a fun show to watch. Um, each of the girls had their own kind of uh, different fun quirk uh, quirks. And they each definitely got a, a moment to shine. Does he does he get with any of them? So no, um, I guess so. The the first shot that we see in the anime is uh -huh. of a 
you know, a girl in a wedding dress, um, you know, waiting at the the uh, altar at the church for him. Yeah, at the altar. And, um, you know, since they're, you know, quintuplets, they all look the same. So, you know, you're not you don't really know who's up there, um, though. It looks like to my eye, it looks like more like one girl than all the others. But <coughs> that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, but yeah, over the course of the show, it's just kind of like you trying to figure out, okay, who's he going to end up with? Um, but this is an ongoing manga. So of course there's no real conclusion. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the show ends kind of with like them all, I guess kind of like loving him in a way, except for Nino. Um, who is in love with the other him, though she doesn't know it's him. Um, so there's no real kind of uh, idea as to who he's going to end up with, you know, who the girl was at the altar. But, you know, if he doesn't choose Miku, then he he's really doing something wrong with his life. Because <laughs> that's the only, <laughs> the only correct choice. Um, though I did end up liking Nino quite a bit, despite her... Uh, uh, kind of bitchy personality at first, and her love of just like thugs, apparently. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun little romance, um, comedy kind of show. Um, I would say it's worth a watch, but maybe, maybe just go read the manga instead. I don't know. I mean, it it's it looks good. So the manga that. will probably continue. So yeah, I mean the manga is continuing. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll get another season. I certainly hope so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any questions? Yeah, it sounds. I mean, it sounds like a cute kind of. I don't know. I want to say harem, I guess, but yeah, it. Hmm, I, I do worry. You you mentioned the manga and the fact that it might get a second season, but I worry with a show like what you just described. It sounds more like it would be manga bait to me. Just based uh, yeah. on other shows that I know have done that, so for sure, yeah, I, I think it definitely is manga bait in a way. So we probably won't end up getting a second season, but we can always hope. That's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad though. Because from what I hear, there's a lot of really good content uh, yet to to go in the manga. So I might have to pick up the manga then. I don't really feel yeah. like watching the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or I mean, you can watch the show and just pick up the manga wherever it leaves off. But I guess that's playing into their hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that doesn't work. You you know, you no. always have to start from the beginning of the manga. You can't have a manga ca- like catalog on your shelf that starts at a, or volume four or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna give this one. Hmm. I'll give it a three and a half. Um, because I did enjoy it. Um, I do think Futaro sucks. I think he's an awful main character. Um, but he looks awful. I'm just yeah. looking up the art for <laughs> these characters. He just he looks yeah. he looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, he sounds awful too, like, for sure. For what you would describe, but still, that's 
<laughs> he he looks like a shitty protagonist. <laughs> he's just got the he's got the look of a shitty protagonist. <laughs> yeah, you gotta walk around like you know, if like you got friends that you can just or you know, well, obviously you have a wife, so you could like go watch with your people watch uh-huh. with your wife and be like, you see that guy over there, honey? That guy looks like a shitty protagonist. <laughs> oh, he does look like a shitty protagonist. I'm re- rescinded. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a yeah. good that, that's a good insult probably for you know so and it for a fellow anime watcher they really <laughs> piss you off it's like yeah well you're just the shitty protagonist aren't you <laughs> all right how'd you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least i am a protagonist uh, yeah you damn side character um <laughs> yeah watch it for miku if nothing else She's mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, you said headphones, so I can immediately spot her. And yeah, which one's the one who's who's into the the blonde thugs or whatever? Uh, the one with the uh, the ribbons in her hair, the pink pink hair, blue ribbon kind of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Itsuki's <laughs> the the redhead. She's all right. <laughs> She's super sundere. Um No thanks. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably who he'll end up with because that's how these kind of things go. But. You see, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I don't mind Sundere's, uh, like, I don't hate all of them. It just, I don't know. There's yeah, already, I like we already have the pinnacle of Sundere's in Senchigahara. Why do you need anything else? Is what I'm, that's, that's <laughs> my question to the anime community. That's, that's where Sundere should have stopped is Senchigahara. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the voice actress for Miku is actually named Miku as well. That's cute. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good touch. Yeah, when she gets cast, she's like, oh, I'm playing myself. <laughs> that's okay. got to make it easy too when you're in conversation because I know the Japanese voice actress, uh, actors and actresses, they all act- actually do it in the same studio. So that must make it a lot easier to to do those conversations. Oh, yeah. To, an- <laughs> to answer to your own name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the voice actress for Miku plays Kokoro in Bang Dream. <laughs> Ideal. Okay. I, I love it. Uh, you said this girl was like shy and stuff like that, yeah, right? She's very. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> wow. That is night and day because Kokoro <laughs> doesn't know the meaning of the word shy. <laughs> oh, she's the opposite of shy. Ichika Sakana Hanazawa. I know she's, she's been a, a name that's come up in our previous casts recently. For sure. Yeah. Always the best. Anyway. Yeah. Cool, man. So, that sounds cute. I mean, it sounds like a cute show. Yeah, I don't know uh, that it sounds like one that I would go back and watch. But Yeah, uh, I mean, if you like it, harem romance with a, a sprinkling of drama and you can stomach bad main characters, then <laughs> give it a watch. It's worth it in some ways. Cool. Awesome. Love it. All right. So, uh, crap. I was on slime. You what? No. Oh. I apparently left the the slime page to go to quintessential quintuplets to, to look at that. And of course, slime page was the next one we're talking about. Mm. That time I got reincarnated as a slime is a show that's at least finished its first, I guess, season. I, yeah. I'm assuming we'll get more of the show. It's definitely been a popular one, but I did a lot of talking. You know, Carlos and I both actually spoke a lot about this show. And ha- Logan, did you ever have a chance to kind of watch any of it or no? No, unfortunately. It's, 
Yeah, it's a fun show. And, and we spoke a lot about it, I think, for our impressions halfway through because this is two cores and 24 episodes. So it's finally time to give it a review and, and to kind of recap the show's first core. Basically, we have character Rimuru who is reincarnated into a world as a slime. And I can't even remember how, what his life was before his slime life uh, because that he was, so he was like a, an office worker. Um, okay. And he, at the time, like he was moving up and uh, he went to like out to lunch or something with his Kohai. Uh, and, or no, yeah, he was, I think he was going out to lunch or something like that. Or, and uh, he meets up with his Kohai and his Kohai has a, a girlfriend or whatever. And, oh. and uh, a, like, a robber comes or whatever, which is, like, it's one of those, like, stupid, like, anime tropes where, like, he's got his knife out and he's just running with it forward. And instead of moving yeah. out of the way, Rimuru or past Rimuru, I don't remember, if, like, he, he probably had a different name, uh, right. gets, like, jumps in front of the knife to save his friend and gets stabbed in the uh-huh. gut instead of, I don't know, pushing him from the side so that he falls sure. over. Um and then, and then there's like this comedic little moment where, uh, as he's dying, his kohai is like, "Oh, you know, like senpai, senpai, don't die." And he's like, "He's like, delete my browser history or something." Yeah, like that. Yes. So he's like, he's like, destroy my computer hard drive, destroy my hard drive. <laughs> yeah, that literally the best death scene in the beginning of an isekai ever. Probably, I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, that. And at the end of the at the end of that episode, we actually see his kohai like dunking <laughs> dunking his his hard drive in a bath full of the bathtub yeah. i think yeah and, and then he just like the like the prey hands and like <laughs> oh god so Jesus. funny uh, what did you have on there i should, i okay i have a uh-huh. i have quite a bit of porn but okay. i'm think... not ashamed of what i have i, I don't i would want it deleted what the fuck are you looking at i remember i read a study out of japan a long long time ago and it was asking what the what would the one thing you would save would be if your house or your place was burning down and uh, i was shocked because like 75 percent of the answers the number one thing they'd save was their hard drive like they'd pull their hard drive out of their computer (laughs) i i mean it it might not just well okay in his case he wanted to destroy that says he was looking at some at some suspect stuff but yeah. it, it might also be because, like, if you save your hard drive, yeah, your computer is going to melt to the ground, but all of your stuff, like your work and stuff, is saved yeah. on. The, so I can see that. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, and this is like just a, like we're really going off on a side tangent here, but um, <laughs> w- when I was in the Navy, uh, the the sonar system that I was working on was like brand new, and it like it ran on a bunch of hard drives, and it was actually required of us if we were sinking to save a few of them and destroy most of them. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's something that, that it, it's kind of like 10 years ago, you would never have thought, Oh, oh God, I got to save my hard drive, but this is the world we live in today. Right. Well, nowadays too, there's so much is on the cloud that I think it's even less, you know, it's maybe gone down again as something that's really, uh, that I don't know. I, but I don't know if I, I, I'm one of those people who's like, I don't think I would trust the cloud. So I, I kind of agree I, myself, I would but I'm wondering if, and you know, Especially people who like anime, there's probably most of us have thousands of pictures that we found on the internet that we've saved on there that we probably don't want to lose. But 
Anyway, so yeah, we did go way off on a tangent. Yeah. It's really sad now that we're talking about this because honestly, that past version of him, his real life self, I don't know that it necessarily comes out much in his character as a slime. It doesn't matter at all. No, it really doesn't. And that's such an epic way for him to end. But he he never really, he, I want to say there maybe was a couple comments he makes throughout the show that indicate that maybe he was a otaku or, you know, what his previous life was. But it, it's very inconsequential. But Anyway, so he comes in, he's a slime, he's in like this cave that turns out to be, he, he's in this cave and he realizes like, oh, I can kind of devour stuff as a slime. So he kind of jumps around the cave and he starts eating stuff. So he realizes he's got this ability to to absorb things in the world and he gets abilities from it. And he meets up with this giant, gigantic dragon named uh, Veruda. Yeah, Veradora. Veradora. Something like that. that, yeah. And so they talk and there's this really cute kind of exchange with them in, in the way that they talk. And this is a tsundere dragon speaking of. Rudora <laughs> <laughs> is really quite, quite a fun character. It doesn't last very long though because he's been kind of confined into this prison that the Rimuru finds him in. Or her, him or her, I don't remember the dragon's gender. But Rimuru's like, well, I can get you out of here. I can absorb you. So, Rimuru absorbs the epic dragon. We find that this dragon was actually like legendary, you know, and was sealed away. And it, it was the world has changed since this dragon was sealed away. So, Rimuru essentially gets godlike powers in the world and goes out and proceeds to basically through the world kind of meet different tribes or different races of creatures that live in the world. The first group that he meets are goblins and he helps these goblins fend off an attack from a bunch of dire wolves, I guess, or wolves. And Rimuru's real strength, while he's incredibly powerful and he he fights all of these things with his godlike abilities, his real strength seems to be diplomacy because every single group of creatures that he meets, he brings to his side. And so throughout the show, not he so he, he brings the goblins to his side and then the wolves attack and somehow he kills a bunch of them and then still brings all of the ones that are left to his side. And this it kind of ties in some really interesting video game tropes. He names, he has the ability to name with this like extreme amount of like power, I guess mana you can call it or what I don't remember what they call in the show, but he has this ability to name these creatures and take a little bit of his his power to name them. And it gives them these epic abilities. You can imagine from a video game, the named characters are typically more powerful than the just, you know, uh-huh. the plebs, whatever you call them. <laughs> and, uh, and so he just starts naming everybody. And, and he gains this tremendous following and everyone worships him, right? And throughout the show, and I don't want to go over every single tribe and, you know, group that he meets, but he brings them to his side and he saves them from something. And uh, he eventually meets uh, Shizue, who is a girl that you see in the opening and stuff. And, and she's got this white mask on and she's got black hair and he has a connection with her, especially her backstory. And that's a pretty big deal because she's also a character that came from the real world. And so mm-hmm. he has a connection with her. Um, and... I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll spoil it, but he, she's basically 
has the spirit of, I think it's Ifrit, a flame god inside okay. of her. And through kind of, and Carlos, you can kind of remind me how this, she ends up dying <laughs> as a spoiler. And if you, did you watch this? Did you watch this part? Because uh, <laughs> I can't remember how she no, ended see, up dying. I, I got like halfway through the show when, when I stopped. Okay. Well, I don't know if I want to spoil anymore. No, no, then, no. But... Keep going. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever come back to the show with how I, much we watch for the season. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but she basically was kind of fighting back and forth with this, this spirit that was inside of her as far as control goes. And I can't remember exactly how she died, but it had something to do with Rimu. And in, in the end, she, he absorbed her as kind of, he took on her soul and he always had a lot of reverence. The rest of the show, it was like, he really respected her and she was a huge part of his motivations going forward. And by absorbing her, he was able to then gain a human form, which was another thing that was kind of, you'll see, it was kind of spoiled. Literally the first time you see the opening in the show, you can see that the slime can become a human, which was kind of disappointing because it was a big moment. But so throughout the show, there, there's this ogre kind of race that's starting to come over. And while Reamer's ability is to absorb and gain the power for himself, this ogre, this ogre tribe is going through and these demon lords are kind of pulling strings to make this ogre lord go through the world. And they literally will eat like the things that they kill in the, in the war including themselves, they'll eat themselves and they gain ability from that. The whole army of like, I say ogres, I think, I think they're orcs, but they look like pigs and they would all gain more power. So you think this is kind of building up to be a huge moment. Like this, these orcs are coming and they're going to attack the establishment that Rimuru has developed. And then Rimuru pretty easily vanquishes them, which I think is a trend throughout this show is you kind of expect after time, it happens time and time again, Rimuru is probably the most overpowered character I've ever seen in an anime <laughs> because mm-hmm. you see characters like, like a Goku from a Dragon Ball Z who always ends up coming out on top in the end, but it, he, he gets knocked down a few times beforehand. Rimuru never even like breaks a sweat. No. <laughs> yeah. Where I was at in the show. Yeah. It was like, everything was like, there was a hint of maybe some drama, like, Oh, maybe uh Rimuru can't do this and then Rimuru uh-huh. was like oh that's right I I literally have godlike powers <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, you'd think that that's a bad thing and in some cases I would say it was but the way this show does it for some reason is so satisfying every time I know it's going to happen but they make these characters unlikable enough the ones that he's defeating or they build it up in such a way that you're like yes i can't wait until rimuru destroys them or i can't wait until rimuru you know takes over this situation and brings them to his side because even sometimes the bad guys are really they can be kind of likable in some ways or at least they become likable after rimuru kind of talks to him and, and figures out how to get them to his side and it's just it's so fun this show's so fun it's such a fun show to watch and to follow yeah, I, I do need to, to get back into it for that reason. I, I what I liked the most was uh was how Rimuru came to be a slime. Because uh as he's dying, you know, as we, we spoke before, um mm-hmm. he like the voice of the universe, it kinda sounds kinda like a computer, is asking <laughs> him how he wants to be reincarnated, but he's like 
still kind of in that dying mentality. So he's thinking, uh-huh. fuck, I'm cold. And it's like, all right, got it. You don't want to be cold in the next life. You don't want to feel heat or, you know, or cold or any of this stuff. And he essentially designs himself as a slime on accident. And <laughs> I didn't but, even catch that. But, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes. I'm like, that was brilliant. What I like the most, too, is is the way he goes around. Like, I mean, granted, he, he kind of gets like they show like kind of like a montage of him learning how to be a slime. Um, uh, and you know, like he's like, I, I don't really have eyes and stuff like that. He kind of has to evolve stuff by, you know, by absorbing it, like you said. Um, right. but it reminds me like this season or last season and this season of, of shield hero, like how they took this concept of, ah, oh, this is really weak. And they showed how it can be strong. Like they did yeah. that with slime too. Now, granted he had one up in that he, befriended and absorbed a dragon that was you know like god level so but like i think that's what i enjoyed so much about it is they they took that trope of something that's like level one slimes are like the easiest you know monster you're gonna fight in (laughs) excuse me like a a, what's it called Uh, dragon quest i was gonna say dragon warrior yeah (laughs) uh same game but and that's like I never drew the parallels between Shield Hero, but you're right. They're very similar in that kind of sense where they're they're also looked at very poorly. You know, like he's looked down upon by almost yeah. everyone in the world the first time he sees them. Yeah. And but he basically, you know, and he always I think the dialogue in the show is great too. Like he always has the right things to say. But it's just fun. This one is a like much more lighthearted. I mean, there's some drama, like you spoke yeah. of the character dying, but much more lighthearted than Shield Hero, so it's they're kind of like two sides of of the same coin. It's similar, I, yeah. I didn't even draw those parallels. Uh, I, so I think that's a, a pretty long winded synopsis of what I and I, I think I've spoken about it much more in depth than we did during our uh, mid season, you know, impression or whatever, but. That kind of continues throughout the whole show. It's rinse and repeat. He meets a new group. The new threat comes up. There's in the second core, there's kind of this like epic dragon. This flying, I, I want to say dragon. It's like this flying kind of sea creature almost that it looks like that's attacking. And everyone's like, this is, this is God level stuff. You know, it's coming. This is the stuff of legends. We're, we have no way that we're going to survive this. And at this point, Rimuru is built at like a city. He's actually built a kingdom at this point by bringing the races of all of these groups together. Like he's got the orcs working alongside the goblins, working alongside the dwarves working. He's brought all of these groups together, which is kind of a cool message. You know, I love the the feeling of unity that this show has on his side. And again, there's actually a pretty cool battle there in, in Rimuru. I forget Rimuru actually had some trouble with this, with this thing. And, but luckily before this happened, he had met up with a little demon lord lolly named Milim as a pink-haired twin-tailed girl <laughs> who is actually way stronger than Rimuru but through his art of negotiation and I think he I think he gave her something that tasted really good and she <laughs> she in order in order to have more of it I, I think it, actually in the battle he I think he took honey or something and he put in her mouth like while they were fighting and she was just like okay well i can't fight with this guy anymore because he has really good tasty sweets so (laughs) (laughs) relatable so it it, that was actually kind of funny and again i'm spoiling so close your ears but 
if you don't want to hear this, but uh, so Reamer is having trouble with this thing. Like he goes all out attack on this big creature and it's kind of hurt, but whatever. It's like, it's regenerating. It's fine. And he's been telling Milim, he's like, this is my battle. I don't want you having to do this. And finally he's just like, you know what? And it comes to light that it was actually kind of her fault that it was there. And he realizes it. And he's like, okay, you can actually fight it now. And she just <laughs> blows it up in one shot. <laughs> you know, it vaporizes it in, one, in like snap of her fingers or whatever, which is kind of how this show goes. You know, it's just like it builds up all this drama and then there's a satisfying conclusion that's predictable. You know, you never at any point really feel like the main characters are going to suffer or anything. But mm-hmm. So, to end, there are some some demon lords that are still pulling the strings and still trying to, they don't like what he's doing and they, they kind of want to take him down. So, we'll see what happens with that. I'm hoping we'll get a continuation or a season two of Slime, but I loved this show. It was so fun to watch. It was just a fun, fun show. And I would give Slime, man, I don't want to be too gushy about it, but I, I think this is a 4.5 for me. Nice. nice. Yeah. Wow, we. Yep. And that might surprise people because I think I, I, it's the first time I've given a show a 4.5, I think, in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been kind of down on shows lately. And this show is just, I think, again, like the last, but like Boogie Pop, I guess if, you, if you're trying to take it too seriously, you're probably going to find a lot wrong with it. But it's just a fun show to watch for at least, you know, for the right person. It's cool. Yeah, it's one that I definitely want to check out. I just haven't find haven't found the time to do it yet. Um, but Sudaim. I know my brothers are watching that for what that's worth. Um, okay. The next one up on the list here is a show that no one drafted, um, but me and Carlos watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the other plane anime for the season that is uh, the magnificent Kotobuki or the Japanese title is uh, Koya no Kotobuki Hikotai. Um, This one was a, mm, it's a, it's a weird anime. It's done by uh, studios WAO world and Gemba. Um, and let me see. WAO World has done Anime Gatteris. Um, that's the only real. <laughs> that one was a show that, that that went places. Yeah, <laughs> the end of that show was nuts. Um, and then the reason that I really didn't draft this one, um, over Girly Air Force was because it's also done by Studio Gemba, who uh did the new Berserk anime. Um, which got a lot of flack for its 3D CG animation. Uh, <laughs> I've seen gifts that tell me otherwise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh huh. Um, so yeah, I was a little uh, kind of uh, wary coming into this one. Uh, but I found myself to be pleasantly surprised with, uh, everything that the show had to offer. Um, the kind of synopsis for this one is 
uh, in a barren frontier where people trade goods with each other in order to help each other survive, the Kodibuki Squadron are bodyguards for hire, led by a strict and beautiful squadron leader, an unreliable commanding officer, and a true artisan of a crew chief. Alongside pilots who don't lack for personality, they take to the air in dogfights, letting the engine noise of their Hayabusa fighters ring out in the skies. Um, so yeah, the the Kodibuki Squadron is essentially a uh, group of six girls who uh, fly Hayabusa um, fighters, and uh, they mainly, you know, at least starting out, are kind of the group that protects this big old um zeppelin zeppelin yeah i forget the name of the zeppelin oh yeah um, well towards uh, the end doesn't matter huh it doesn't <laughs> we'll matter. get to that it really doesn't um but the i think where the show excels and they really kind of hit you with it early is their um fighting sequences yeah the, the dog the combat fights. sequences and yeah in the planes the dog fights um, and it's like the first episode is just like a love letter to dogfighting because that's pretty much what most of the first episode is. Um, they kind of, and it's kind of gets you used to the weird kind of animation quirks of the show. Um, a lot of it is done in the kind of 3d CG, but they also, and I couldn't find no like rhyme or reason for it, no pattern, but there's a lot of like 2d animation as well. Um, especially in like characters and stuff. Like if they aren't like the main group of people, then they're animated normally, but everyone from the Kudabuki squadron and a few of the people on the Zeppelin also are always in 3d. So, um, yeah, so they're kind of like just doing odd jobs and uh, stuff like that, protecting um, various like little towns and uh, the Zeppelin and stuff from pirates and other kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know, like um, I'm losing my words today. Other groups of people who kind of like get hired to, to take down other people. Yeah, um, it's like mercenary groups it's like a, a mad max world yeah yeah the the world is it's not our earth um it's see we don't we a, don't know that until way later though until way later yeah for sure um but yeah spoiler i guess but it's not it's not earth uh but yeah is that a significant like, spoiler though i mean does that kind, make a big kind of because kind i kind of i mean uh I will say, if you're going to go into this show for, like, a heavy story, don't expect it. Don't, no. I mean, hmm. I was hoping for it's it good. because it's it gets good. It gets better. It gets good. Because they say politics, 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 politics really quickly. And you're like, wait, was I supposed to know any of that? Oh, we're following the cute <laughs> girls doing dog fights now? Well, that's the cool part of the show. Why did I have to sit around listening to these people talk about nothing for most of the episode? <laughs> um yeah. it eventually ties up it really does but man did they take forever getting there <laughs> yeah they take their time for sure like last last two episodes i was like oh that's what's going on got it yeah <laughs> yeah and like for someone yeah. like me who like i love the dog fights i was really invested in the dog fights 
I really could have done without most of the rest of the episodes, though, except for like, of course, <laughs> the girls like interacting with each other is really fun. Uh, the, this um, squadron, the Kotobuki squadron, they're all have their different quirks. Um, mm. uh, what do you call it? Kidie, the main girl is like, you know, really ganky, but she's also kind of got a chip on her shoulder. Um, same with her friend Chica. Chica, the, like they have like a rivalry. Uh, Zara is... Uh, is my favorite because she is the I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Zara's great. <laughs> she's 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 a, like a heavy, heavy, heavy drinker, but she's also she's uh, fairly she's level-headed. Like a, she's Pola from Conclave. She is Pola from Conclave. The Italian drinker. Um Kate is kind of like the robot. She's very <laughs> yeah. I mean she's cool, but she's very, you know, stats and numbers driven. Uh Emma, we don't get too too much about emma i was a little disappointed no. that we didn't like she didn't get her own character episode or anything like that um yeah she I mean, she's a rich that, girl like, that yeah we get that very brief conversation with that one girl that yeah kind of spring out of nowhere yeah i was like who um, is that but yeah i emma was my favorite um mainly because of how she looked um but i also did enjoy just her personality as well I liked um, I liked Leona quite a bit as well until yeah. until the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was just like so. She was so like I don't know. She was badass super badass, on, but then yeah, and, and, and then like, she like got neutered by the guy. Yeah, it's so stupid too. Like uh, this is like another thing about this show. Like they, like we talk about dog fights. There are dog fights. There's a lot of it, like violence essentially, but it's violence in the in the same vein as um, Girls in Panzer. Um, yeah. No one dies. Which really. which bugs me. It, like kind of yeah. girls in Ponzer. Okay, no one dies in that. Uh, even though those shells would totally kill those girls. Well, because, that was also uh, supposed to be kind of like a school. Because sport, it's a school right? sport, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But this is life and death, and like people get shot out of the sky. And and what's funny is like uh, the pilots will shoot at each other, and you'll see like an explosion, and they'll stop shooting instead of trying to like continue to disable that vehicle or kill the pilot. It's just knock the pilot out of the sky all right, we're done with them. We don't have to worry about them anymore. And it's like, there's so many cases where I was like, just fucking shoot them, shoot them. Yeah. Um, maybe not in the uh-huh. sky. Maybe that's, uh, what do you call it? Not chivalrous, but like, uh-huh. you remember that there was like, there's a scene where the, a bad guy presents himself to an entire audience and says like, submit or we're going to bomb your city. Oh, I'm like, you mean like the, yeah, he's right there. Yeah. Put a gun to the back of his head and pull the trigger. There goes one of their best pilots. Yeah, <laughs> just it, it's very, it's very. God, I hated that guy. Yeah, I hated that guy too. I, I just I hated the kind of character he was too. Yeah, he's just like the worst kind of like smarmy. Yeah, uh, holier than thou kind of character with glasses. He was just the worst. He was the worst guy. But a, a lot of the show. I really liked, but the the world building, I felt like they could have done so much better. I, like, yeah, I, you, I had the aha moment at the end. Uh, we'll just kind of really quickly go over this. Um, so there's a lot of political talk and stuff like that. Like, um, they, they live in this uh, this le- this world that's like mostly desert, um, and the desert is dotted by uh, these towns. Some of the towns uh, produce oil, uh, others produce other goods, and then there's just these giant towns. Or, or one of them's like a big city, and they the way they get from town to town is through planes because air travel is like the the most convenient uh, method of transportation. Um, and there's all this 
like really quick political talk that you don't really get about this guy who's who's like trying to unite people, but for whatever reason the are are like the Kotobuki squadrons um the the Kotobuki squadrons main uh employers don't like this guy and apparently he was like a really great ace and he's a he's also a good politician and for whatever reason people still listen to him even though he does magic in the middle of his political speeches um his hitler-esque political speeches? yeah okay that what like okay so this this character apparently like well again real quick political talk then dog fights real quick political fights then dog fight or political fights yeah. then dog fights yeah uh yeah. until <laughs> like episode eight or nine when we find out this guy's hitler question mark uh because yeah. this guy who's the biggest goofball i've oh, ever seen and, yeah god he's so annoying he was he was annoying even when he was like uh-huh. he was supposed to be a good guy um yeah but he he apparently is creating like this union of settlements because once every so often a hole opens up in the sky and the last time a hole opened up in the sky they got a a bunch of stuff uh, like a, a just so much resources and like it's where planes came from they came out of these holes in the sky um yeah and this is where we learn spoilers spoilers uh that um like we keep hearing this word yufang 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 mm-hmm. like throughout like they're the people of yufang they're not around anymore yufang liquor we can like there's not a whole lot of it anymore um it turns out yufang is their word for japan because it was Japanese people who came through that hole. This is another world. And uh, when they got the technology from probably, well, obviously World War II Japan, because they're flying World War II Japanese planes, they're really excited about getting more technology and stuff from our world. Um, yeah. But the uh, goofball, goofball Hitler, that's what I'm going to call him because I can't find his name on my <laughs> anime list. Goof, goofball Hitler um wants to blow up all of the all the holes to Yufang except the one directly over over his city because he wants all the resources for himself at no point in the show were we clued into this until the very end like i'm going to i might have to go back over and rewatch it just to see if maybe there are clues in there that we weren't getting but it's mm. it doesn't feel like like Aka 13 did this very well. Like if I went back o- over and watched Aka 13, I would be really excited to rediscover the stuff that I'd missed. I, uh-huh. I'm not as excited to go back and rediscover the sure. stuff I missed in this show. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, if, Isao was his name. Isao? Uh, I, I like Goofball Hitler better. Um, yeah, I agree. But but the thing that like really saved the show for me uh, aside from like, because it did feel good to have that aha moment that, oh, uh-huh. that's where we're going. Even even if he's the goofiest dictator I've ever seen, at least we have a clear cut bad guy. The thing that saved it for me were the last few episodes. Man, those dogfights were on point. Holy it's, shit. I mean, honestly, that's the reason to watch the show is it's just incredible how entertaining and just like technically, you know, I don't know, like how true to an actual dogfight those, you know, combat scenes probably are because it's just incredible to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, this the way th- they animated it. It definitely is. It definitely seems like whoever, excuse me, had the idea for the show and, and penned out the story 
was probably more of a of a fan of airplanes, uh, specifically uh-huh. World War II aircraft, than they were of, of of world building, because they have a really interesting world, and I'd love to know more about the world they live in. But uh, yeah, but it's it's fine. Well, apparently, be- there's because they- there's no. Huh? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just like clearly, he loved planes more than he enjoyed creating a cohesive world. What were you saying? Oh, like I was going to say about the world, like apparently there's no ocean anymore. There used to be an ocean. Yeah. See, that, that's what's confusing is they say, I, I remember distinctly, they said something to the effect of, of um, the last time these one of these holes opened up, the ocean dried up or something. Disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's just a lot that they don't explain. Yeah. But. It, it, and and like fish are rare. Like fish are so rare that they yeah. keep them like in this. Yeah. But. Yeah, that was one of their tasks was transporting a fish. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed, uh, like the little bit we got of of Kyrie, um, you know, when she uh, uh, met the the old man from from Yufan, um, uh-huh. and like her little backstory. Uh, I, I even kind of enjoyed her rivalry with the the, the pilot that you don't yeah, see until girl. way later. I yeah. was kind of. I won't say. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with how that turned out. I was hoping yeah. it was going to be something else, but yeah, were you expecting it to be the old man? Something like that, or I don't know. That's what I was thinking as well. E- either, either I was expecting it to. I was hoping it was either the old man, or I was hoping we never see them, like a red baron type of thing. Like we never, we never know who her rival is. She's just always like out of reach, and then it's just like a foul mouth Gyaru. I'm like, cool, I like her, <laughs> but I. Where, where did she come from? Oh, she just happens to be a a student of the same guy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a fun show, like especially for the dog fights. But man, I could honestly just watch a compilation of the dog fights and and leave the rest, um, leave the rest alone. <laughs> uh, a compilation sure. of the dog fights and maybe the girls interacting with each other. Just leave all the political mm-hmm. stuff out of it. Because it just it doesn't do well, I don't think. I think it actually made me enjoy the show a little bit less until the end. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like they they did a good job of kind of wrapping everything up. Yeah, uh, for sure. Political stuff, mm. um, but I do agree that they kind of it was a little too piecemeal,y a little too sparse um, early on. Like but, the scope uh, of the world they they wanted to build was would have been better for a 24 episode or they because sure. a lot of it yeah. felt like super super rushed and i was like you need to slow down because mm-hmm. i'm loving these these dog fights but i'm still trying to figure out why we're dog fighting <laughs> i mean yeah. the fish one that made ton, a ton of sense they needed to escort a fish not really it didn't make any sense <laughs> what do i say come on why uh, yeah. why <laughs> why oh my god that just that reminded me of the uh the bartender guy who doesn't want to shoot people yeah, I just uh, I liked uh, like that when he w- yeah when they they have him like go all fucking John Wick on yeah. those dudes he's badass but like the rest of the time I'm like what how are you this much of a bitch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I also really like the uh, the waitress girl in that bar yeah she was cute she was probably my second favorite. I like the employer um, uh, I don't remember her name was yeah yeah uh, Busty Blanchick um, she was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Madame Lou. How popular was this show? It, it sounds really cool. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of really cool, fun uh, characters. It sounds like it was fun. 
I mean, it's got a seven on my enemy list, or six point nine nine to be exact. But only mm, that's uh, too good. Only four thousand one hundred eighty-eight people have given it a score, so that's very small in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people, one probably aren't looking for an airplane show, um, mm-hmm. and two are were probably very turned off by the fact that it was CGI. Gemba. Yeah, CG. Yeah, that may um, have been. But honestly, like CG was fantastic. Yeah, no, um, no complaints there at all. Yeah, uh, especially that like, the end dog fight in the city. Man, oh it was God, so good dude. looking when they're flying around that tower. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and the, <laughs> when they when they got the jet to essentially blow itself up by blowing up the mm-hmm. yeah, that was great. Yeah, it, it did lead to a lot of kind of interesting, um, like moments though with the the cg like so for zara when she goes undercover um when she sneaks into that base all of her animations 2d uh that makes me think that they animated or they did 3d models of all the main girls and like you know the the captain and madame lulu Uh, and then for everyone else it uh just like I guess they weren't on screen enough to to get it, but it was interesting to see one of these main characters who's like 3D all the time finally get some 2D art. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When she sneaks into the base as like the like a dancing a, girl a or dancer. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then she yeah. out drinks an entire like an entire <laughs> platoon of pilots That's or whatever what the fuck they're called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I I didn't really notice. I mean. I did notice, but I just it didn't really strike me that much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was interesting. I didn't think it was bad or anything; just interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had a, a lot of fun watching the show. Um, I don't know; it's definitely not for everyone, but I'm glad that you uh, found something to like in it as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that was there, it. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was just like some parts of it were exasperating. Um, I just yeah. I wish there were. If we're gonna focus more on the girls, let's focus more on the girls. Uh, <laughs> I don't need. Yeah, I like for sure. The, and the the bad guys were just. I mean, you want your bad guys to be just to be you know unlikable, but like there's a there's a point where it becomes much. And when you're when you're giving, you know, uh, when you're when you're giving the the Hitler speech to your your uh, I don't know mm-hmm. your your congregation or whatever, and you're 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 pulling that like you're pulling handkerchiefs out of donuts like a magic trick i'm oh like my God. this yeah. is the stupidest can can we can he die now can he please not be alive yeah, anymore <laughs> uh i do wonder if he was i don't think he was the one calling the shots though i think he was a puppet you think so some greater greater thing yeah because that butler dude seemed to know something maybe that he didn't know I guess I, 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 I don't want to say I'm, I'm not going to give it. I don't want to give it that much credit, but I, I, I didn't think about it because I probably wasn't giving it that much credit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it gets another season because I would love to see more. But if it does, we'll I, I would I would really, really want to know more about like the crazy desert planet and how shit works without sure. water. They don't have yeah. water. Uh, <laughs> we drink only Gatorade. Yeah. Made with urine. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Actually, it so seemed like they, give this sh- they only drank alcohol, which I guess is fine, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another drink that they had. But yeah, I think it was I, I think I think TDA and uh, and Chica drank like tea, like oolong tea or something like that. But yeah, everyone else seems to drink alcohol. Sure. Well, I mean, you got to have something to go through pancakes. <laughs> Those um, pancakes were fucking enormous. Anyway, uh, yeah, they were so much pancakes, alcohol and pancakes. I can't say I've ever heard of those two going together. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you got to have brunch, man. You get mimosas. You got. <laughs> I guess yeah, with mimosas, maybe. Yeah. But they were drinking the beer, beer and pancakes. Beer and uh, pancakes. I, was she? I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just tea. That, I don't know. That is tremendous. That's yeah. gonna it's gonna have to happen someday. No. Maybe not for breakfast. Doesn't... The pancakes will not happen for breakfast, but <laughs> uh so I'm gonna give this show a four out of five. Uh, I went with so. uh, 3.5. I've already scored these on my yeah. anime list, so. Nice. Yeah. So you locked yourself in. You were like, I can't change it. Yeah. I've already scored it. I mean, I, I, have, <laughs> I've, I have changed it. Like, sometimes in the course of our discussion, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? That deserves more. Or, um, oh, yeah. I disagree. And now you more. See, so. You kind of get reminded about some of the cool things yeah, that happened sure. in the show or whatever. Cool. Well, the next one I'm really excited. Yeah, about. next one is is one of the shows <laughs> I drafted. Uh, I think this might have been my first pick, or not. I don't remember. Um, but uh, this one is Yakusoku no Neverland, or the Promised Neverland. It is a uh, what do you call it? A manga adaptation uh, done by Studio Cloverworks, who did um, uh, Rascal Does Not Dream and Buddy Girl Senpai. Um, I think they also worked on Darling in the Franks, uh, among other things. Many, many, many other things. Um, this anime is, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll actually read the synopsis this time around. Um, <clears throat> surrounded by forests and uh, a gated entrance, the Gracefield House is inhabited by orphans happily living together as one big family, looked after by their mama, Isabel. Um, although they are required to take tests daily, the children are free to spend their time as they see fit, usually playing outside as long as they do not far, uh, venture too far from the orphanage, a rule they are expected to follow no matter what. However, all the good times must come to an end uh, as every few months a child is adopted and sent to live with their new family, never to be heard from again. However, the three oldest siblings have their suspicions about what is actually happening at the orphanage, and they are about to discover the cruel fate that awaits children living at Gracefield, including uh, the twisted nature of their beloved mama. I kept reading through that. The second half of that is wrong. Shame on you, my anime list. Um, so, um, the uh, it's wrong because the, the two of the three don't even know what's going on. So I'll continue from there. Right. Um, and before you continue, I just want to say I remember specifically this show when you drafted it. I remember thinking to myself that you were taking a chance on this show. And it reminded me of when we were looking at Maiden Abyss. The kind of the art style of this show is not like Maiden Abyss, but it was very different. And it turned me off, I remember, because 
the synopsis sounds pretty cool, you know, but this is just another example of a show that really, I, I was turned off by the art <coughs> style and I think that was a, it was a huge mistake you know, in, in the beginning. So, uh, but you can go ahead. I just thought I'd get that out there. Uh, <laughs> so where this show or where the synopsis got it wrong is, um, uh, Emma and Norman, uh, do not, um, have really any inclination that anything is going wrong. Um, again, yeah, they, they, they live in an orphanage and stuff like that. And, and in the course of the first episode, uh, a little girl, uh, named Connie is, uh, quote unquote adopted. And, um, she leaves like every time there's an adoption, it always happens at night. And, uh, Isabel, uh, or mom, quote unquote mama, um, takes them, uh, to the one gate uh in like that leads out of the compound and uh but connie has this bunny um and they find like uh emma and norman find it and they run after uh connie and mama to give it to connie so that she has it with her when she goes to see her adopted parents only to find connie's dead corpse um and uh in a truck um when they get to the gate and they hide uh, and discover that uh, there are these monstrous creatures uh, that feed on children, uh, specific well, human children. Um, and like mama, like Isabel is raising and providing these children for these, these monsters. Um, they escape uh i'll try and be brief with this uh and i think it should be noted too that there's like a strange flower poking out of yeah her we, chest we still, too which we it, never get to that like yeah. we never get to that and i'm really curious about that uh yeah there, there's mm -hmm. like after they 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 make the kill like a, a flower or they, they stick a flower in them it's really weird um anyway uh so emma and norman try to keep you know everything on the DL uh, and try to figure out what's going on. And they find out that the third in their group, Ray, uh, what do you call it? F like figures it out. I'll, I'll just really get a rush through some stuff right here and major, major spoilers. <laughs> um, so Ray, it turns out was always aware of what was going on. Um, he was actually kind of a double agent. Uh, he was, uh he was informing on his on his uh on the others uh to get um stuff from Isabel a gift. yeah gifts yeah like gifts yeah mm -hmm. and it it seems like a bunch of innocuous stuff but eventually that comes to a head uh Norman Emma and Ray devise a plan to to leave the orphanage uh they find that uh that the orphanage is ringed by a several meter thick wall um but they don't know what's on the other side of the wall so they devise a plan to uh tie bed sheets together and stuff like that and uh there are trees uh on their side of the wall and, and use the trees to get up and you know climb the wall um uh eventually like isabel like during the course of the 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 Connie incident finds the uh, the stuffed rabbit, and she's trying to figure out which of the kids know, um, you know, the their secret. Uh, and she brings in 
a another adult uh, named Sister Crone, a uh, a black woman who's carries around like this creepy baby doll thing and talks to it like it's a person because she's mentally disturbed. Um, yeah, she's a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, when you find out what they have to do to become mothers, is right. Whew, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think too, to say, just to not to interrupt you here, but I, I want to just say too, that Ray, Norman and Emma are much older than most of the other kids. Uh, there's a, there's a couple others that are close to their age, but they, they they, separated out by age group. There, there are actual babies like in cribs and stuff like that. mm -hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, there's like two, two year olds, three year olds, four year olds. They're, but they're close to their, like the, the mandatory age that they leave, which is like 12, I think. Like their prime, right? And I, I think it's interesting because they they show it kind of briefly in the beginning, and then you hear about it throughout. But they take tests to kind of they have to pass tests and they have to keep their grades high and, and stuff in order. And they kind of figure this out like that's they're not getting shipped out because they're the top of their class kind of thing. So there's fewer, I feel like, of the older group than there are of the younger group because they're being allowed to, you know, grow up. <laughs> because <laughs> they're kind of the top of the class or whatever right uh it's 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 based on brain development uh uh like that's how they choose their next victim or whatever um anyway uh but yeah so they bring sister crone in uh and she has kind of her own agenda that she wants to take isabella down and become the mother of this uh group of um cattle children um Eventually, this kind of comes to a head because uh, she, like, Crone uh, is is trying to employ different kids uh, to figure out what Isabella is doing. It, you find out Isabella knew pretty much all along what was going on, uh, and this comes to a head when she actually breaks Emma's leg. That was a pretty brutal scene. Um, yeah, uh, like as they're as they're getting ready to. Like, like I don't think they were going to escape. They just wanted to see what was what was over the side of the wall. Uh, Isabella finds them and breaks Emma's leg, informs them that she knew all along. And um, Sister Crone is is sent off, and we find out it's because they knew what she was doing too, like the, the organization. And so they kill her. And a fairly like it made me think of like a mafia movie because like there's this. There's this really uh, nice, like, orchestral type score, uh, like in like playing over the the you know, crone struggling for her life and then dying. It's really crazy, but I actually really enjoyed that scene. It was pretty nuts. <laughs> it it was an intense scene, and then it, the way it was played off again with that flower thing, which we didn't really learn yeah, anything about what the deal with that was. But it, it's almost as if she was killed with a flower, which is symbolic in some way, I would imagine. I, I don't know. It, it's very interesting. Well, then we, and the flower fills up with like, it's like a white flower that fills up red and kind of blooms once it's pierced into her heart. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's soaked in blood or whatever. Um, and we see through Crone's death, like her, like what she had to do to become, to become, uh, a, a mama, quote unquote. Uh, she's like essentially the the like they they find a kid of specifically a, a female, um, who you know knows what's going on 
and whose test scores are at a certain level or whatever. Uh, and they, they, you know, when they're quote unquote adopted, they give them a choice, like either die or, you know, enter in this other school to become a mama. And, you know, there's a pretty high dropout rate and we see like her class progressively get smaller. Um, it's not until later that you find out what you got to do to get out. Um, but, uh, so Emma, Norman, and, and Ray are, are pretty, uh, pretty down in the dumps over their, their plan getting, uh, ruined. And Norman is informed that he is next for, up for adoption. Um, so they devise a plan to get him the hell out of there. Um, and that, this is, this is one thing that the show does really, really well. Cause like at this point, like you're, you're. Like they're finding out, uh, you know, little things about the orphanage all the time uh, until the the you know the leg break scene and the the death of Sister Crone. So it's kind of ramping up. Like there's these there's tense moments, but like it comes to a head with that. Um, but like what this show does really really well is it it builds you up to be like, okay, they got it this time. Oh shit, they you know Isabella broke her leg. Fuck. All right. Uh, all right, this time Norman's going to get her and he'll find a way for them to, to help them escape, et cetera, et cetera. But then he comes back like they sent him to escape and we see him climb the wall. But then like later in the day, he comes like to Emma and Ray's surprise. He comes back and the show does a really good job of kind of crushing your spirit that way, Yeah, which I shouldn't enjoy as much as I do. But I fuck like it's such a great well, way of telling a story. Especially a suspense story. First, you know, when you first start watching this show, you literally see the first episode. It presents you with this, the drama, right? You, you know that these kids need to get out of this place or they're going to die. And so I'm thinking, okay, so they're going to get out and then what's they're going to find out what's outside. And anyway, But this show literally spends the entire, what is it, 12 episodes, I think, with them trying to get out, which at the beginning I was just thinking there's no way that they can fill 12 episodes with them devising a plan to get out, but that's how they do it. They really, (laughs) they build you up to one kind of plan or one suspenseful moment. And then they're just like, you know, either they leave you off with like, we're going to find out what happens next time or they leave you off with it. Well, it didn't work. We're going to have to figure out another plan. Yeah. (laughs) And, but they do it so well, every single time it happens, it's interesting. You want to know what's going to happen next. And they leave it off with just enough mystery uh, throughout the whole thing. So it it keeps you hanging from a string for sure. But yeah, so, so Norman, Norman climbs a wall and we find out through what Norman, uh, Emma and Ray questioning him very angrily that, um, uh, on the other side of this, you know, uh, several meter thick concrete wall is a gorge, a straight drop off with a good distance um, to the other side of the gorge. So and he ran around, you know, as much of the perimeter as he could without being spotted. Uh, but it turns out, yeah, that's all there is. That All that's there is a gorge. So even if they get to the top of the wall, if they get over it, they fall, so they fall to their death. So Norman comes back. And uh, they're like, all right, they, they send him off. They actually send him off. And this is one of the things that like there has to be like there has to be another season coming. If there's not, there it's is. a travesty. OK, good. Yeah. 2020. It's a travesty of justice because Norman Norman <sighs> gets adopted, quote unquote, and they pull him into this side room. But we don't actually see him die. Hmm. So and like I have a theory about that. I I. 
for those of you who listen to you know us, uh, I don't read the manga, so please don't spoil it for me. If you if you know where this goes, do not tell me because I'm going to wait for the anime. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't see Norman actually die. We see him go into like the side room thingy, but we don't see him get killed, or we don't even see a monster come out. Or did we? I don't remember. Anyway, so Ray and and Emma are destitute, like really, really sad. This has been like one of their best friends for years and years. Um, and like, this is why I say like this, like the episode, I think it's like the second to last episode. It's so fucking morose because of how, you know, sad they are. Like they they no longer have the plans, all the rope they had, you know, is uh, not all the rope they had, but, you know, quite a bit of it was gone with Norman's uh, attempt. And we think as the audience, well, shit, like all hope is lost. Something's mm-hmm. going to have to happen, but it can't it can't come from these two because Emma and Bray just look completely sad and, and destitute uh, every time we look at them. Um, and we get this great this great bit where it's Ray's turn to be to be adopted. And he goes into the uh, uh, the mess hall and he has this you know speech about how you know not gonna let him take him and stuff like that and he douses himself in gasoline and is about ready to self-immolate i'm like holy shit i was thinking i remember just thinking if this ends with a mass suicide this is an amazing show and it's so weird to say (laughs) (laughs) but but no like emma stays his hand and it turns out emma had been training secretly training the kids while she was had her leg broken and stuff like that like while trying to look as sad as possible she was educating all of the kids about what was going on you know slowly but surely getting them to 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 see what was happening um and it turns out quite a few of them actually had their suspicions um but uh they, they so they they uh, they throw some meat into this like they they actually start uh, start off the fire, um, sans ray, and they throw meat in there, and uh, uh, you know call for for Isabel and Isabel comes over and she tells him Ray Ray's in the fire. Now Ray and Emma and Norman are high grade like I don't know food for these monsters. So Isabel desperately wants to save ray uh for her own uh safety um what was i gonna say but um (laughs) so i mean yeah they've spent that she's as the the cattle farmer really i mean this is it's like a farm that she's tending to and she's raising these children as food Ray, they've spent like twelve years raising this child to be a, a meal, and, and and we like early on in the show, we get to see that it's they're a meal. Those these three are a meal for a specific monster, um, mm-hmm. and like because they they like we actually get to see the monsters talking or like around a table, and one of them's like, oh, he can only eat the finest like ingredients or whatever, and. Like, oh, don't worry, we have three right now. And, you know, that, I guess, implies these three. But, um, uh, so they set up this elaborate plot. Uh, and, the, you know, they'd been training through play to escape. Um, long story short, I, don't, I really don't want to belabor this. But um, 
they are actually able to escape uh, by uh, uh, throwing um, what do you call it rope from one end of the bridge tied to a tree to another end of the bridge tied to a tree and using those like inflatable like rockets like water like water rockets to launch more over and they they create like three zip lines essentially they don't really zip over not really no actually no yeah they, well, they use like they use like clothes yeah, hangers. yeah they do they, they make like a makeshift zip zip line and they escape which i'm skipping over a lot of stuff so if this sounds interesting really go watch it um but we find out like kind of in the course of this that uh the way the way women get out of the school for mamas and become a mama is to actually have a child. Like they are forced to have a kid huh. and Ray is Isabella's son. And Ray is like, I've, I've heard of this. I've never actually experienced it, but Ray is one of the few people who has a memory that encompasses his entire life. He remembers part of his time in the womb and everything from when he was a baby. So that's how he was able to become the informant. Not because Isabella... Isabella didn't even know he was her son. He, she just knew she had had a baby. Um, and But he remembered the, the song she sang to him in the womb. And one day as a very small child, she overhears him humming that tune and realizes that's her son and he you know he makes a mention asking so he asks something like why was i born and it's like fuck um <laughs> and uh, you kind of like you really really it, it makes isabella so much worse because she was very willing to get rid of her own son or to you know to feed her own son to these monsters uh essentially she was doing it for survival but like you learn that like in this school it becomes a survival thing like you are you are alive just i mean to keep these kids around and the minute you become useless uh is the minute you're dead uh so yeah it's it's it was a pretty intense reveal uh to say the least but uh it, the way it ends off um isabel kind of resigns herself uh to her fate she goes back because the the uh emma and ray had to leave the youngest ones behind because they wouldn't have made it i think it was four and under or maybe it was three and under yeah phil the yeah. little boy's like the, the main hero yeah no? yeah phil, like, they leave they leave the little boy phil there and in charge and, and he kno- <laughs> like he knows everything that was going on like throughout the show you kind of see him as kind of like like he's like this tension breaker every time something's going on he just happens to be there and so i kept thinking he was either a spy or or like a useful tool for breaking up the tension um but uh but uh he he actually knew what was going on so uh they they leave him there and 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 isabella goes back and sits with the kid as their kids as the, the little ones as uh the house burns to the ground that they all grew up in and um ray and emma uh, along with uh uh i didn't even mention uh don and uh don and gilda uh who are the other the other two uh, older kids 
who were in on the the conspiracy from pretty early on. Um, they all lead the kids into the wilderness uh, outside the uh, the child farm, and that's where the anime ends. So there's a <laughs> lot that we do not know. <laughs> yeah, this ends off on total just you know it's a wonderful ending to this to this core of the show but absolutely needs a huge cliffhanger huge huge cliffhanger what's going to happen to isabella uh is norman alive where are these kids going to go is there a human civilization that isn't like is this whole planet run by these monsters just a ton of questions how are the kids (laughs) going to survive like yeah it's i i'm really 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 stoked for more of the show um uh a couple things uh that that uh were brought like we did have uh, a bit of a discussion in our um uh discord that um a lot of people the the big complaint is cuz these kids are very smart that they are too smart for 11-year-olds um i can kind of agree with that ray is like you know like i said he's got his memory is is so good he he knows everything from when he was a baby uh and you know he's a, like a bookworm character and he they find like um morse code in uh in a set of books like about you know the the uh the farm that they live on um which I actually really enjoyed uh real quick um uh that i i enjoyed that that was a philosophy nod um because the stamp for uh, an owl and the owl is the symbol of Minerva and uh, I believe it was Hegel who wrote uh, uh, Minerva's owl flies only at dusk basically at you know uh, you, you only you only have wisdom and hindsight after you've done you know, after you've experienced what you've experienced so like essentially this information was only bought through hindsight like uh, from the people who right. I was like oh that's brilliant I love that um Sorry, philosophy nerd stuff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like they do seem a little overly smart, especially Norman and Ray. Emma's like the a sportsy girl who, like her biggest contribution is being able to train the kids to be more sportsy to you know escape. Um, yeah, I think that you can. I mean, yes, I think that they are ridiculously smart, and they you know are very thoughtful and very calm in most cases, but they also are supposed to be the smartest of the smart. Yeah, that, that was case. my this... argument against that too. It's like, these are like the, the, the farm that they're at is the farm where they send all the most promising prospects. And granted promising prospects from when you're a baby, you, you can't really be sure, but like, obviously they have some kind of technology. It's one of those things where, I mean, there are shows where it's hard for me to suspend disbelief, but for this one, I didn't have that much of an issue with it. And they actually set up, too, that Isabella is renowned for raising them very well, yeah. too. So not only are they very, you know, they were promising, but she's also supposed to be a great mama at raising these yeah, children she, to she's be a can- top quality. She's a candidate for, for grandma, which is, I guess, like the, the highest you can go in this office of, <laughs> of child farming. Um, but... Yeah, so so I, I think they did a decent job setting that up. I, I didn't really feel like it was that big of an issue. Rape, yeah, maybe he was a tad too smart at times, but it, it never really broke immersion or never really broke my immersion. 
No, I, I never even considered it, honestly. I mean, during the review, when you were describing him, I kind of thought, well, man, he really was a little bit... <laughs> he seemed to have every all of the boxes checked, didn't he? But oh, I mean, yeah. during the show and while I was watching it, I never felt anything <laughs> like that. Like, um, I mean, he does... Uh, all the gifts he gets from Mama are all like, you know... Um, like little bits and pieces he needs for a device that will that will deactivate the uh the uh tracking devices that are implanted in their ears it's like uh okay that might be a little much but even then i mean it doesn't bug me that much um and what's funny is they they make that device and then like <laughs> again spoilers ray and emma <laughs> cut their fucking ears off like yeah, cut the, the ear with the the tracking device in it like not even just the lobe where it's at they cut the whole damn thing off just in case i'm like holy shit um but yeah it's i mean it's a great suspense i i think one of my favorite things about the show is some of the shots that they use uh there was one particular where it's what they're walking down a hallway and we're following them walking down a hallway and yeah. that put me in the mind of like the shining yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it did. This this is a great shot for a suspense show, and there were a lot of them. There were a lot of just perfect suspense shot moments where I'm just like, this. If this was a Hollywood film, this is what I would expect. Like where like where I where I would expect the the director's camera to be, and to get the most out of this scene. Very effective. And the fact that they took such a small setting and honestly a pretty small premise and that they discover they need to escape this place, the entire setting through the entire 12 episodes is this house and the ground surrounding it all walled in. And there's a lot of mystery surrounding what's outside. And they slowly peel back layer by layer over those 12 episodes. And at no point did it feel too slow. At no point did it feel just kind of boring or, you know, like they were being too kind of mysterious. And there still is so much mystery now because they just found, they just, the entire show was encompassed in that tiny little farm, right? So now there's a whole world out there that we know nothing about. That's so fascinating, honestly. This one has, yeah, I I hope that they, I hope that they can pay it off with the next season of this show because I'm so interested. I, I hope it's, I hope the mystery pays yeah, off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it definitely can fall flat on its face, but um, as of right now, I mean, I it's it's like after like it's like um, kind of like how I felt after watching the first season of My Hero Academia, where I was like, "All right, I'm watching the next season of this." Same thing. I'm watching the next season of this. Um, really well done. So, uh for a score, oh, this is difficult. Uh, <laughs> I want to give it a five, but it's not done. And I'm, I'm not sure if I can. Um, well, it's season one. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same thing, 4.5. Like, the only thing that would 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 give, uh, would give make it a five for me is if it was a completed story. I mean, it's the same for uh, Showa Genroku Roku Gushinju. Like, first season, 4.5. Second season, 5 out of 5. Perfect ending. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, and that's Yakusoku no Neverland. 
Oh, I definitely watch it. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate you recommending this one to me, and uh, honestly hooked after the first episode. If you know, we've spoiled a lot of this show for for you guys who haven't watched it, and so if you if you haven't watched it and it sounds interesting, certainly watch it. But honestly, that first episode, if that doesn't hook you, um, you know, either I guess it's just not going to be the right show for you because to me, I was just like, whoa, that's awesome. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I I already kind of knew the premise uh, going into it, but it was it was. Better than I was I was expecting it to be. Okay. The next one no one drafted, right? Okay. Uh but uh me and you watched it, Logan. And Jeff. And oh Jeff, did you oh that's right. You did watch I it. I did, I finished oh, it. Awesome. Yep. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, look at us. Logan and I were talking about this before the 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 podcast, actually. This is the first show since Oh God! What was Suki the name of the show? Violet Evergarden. Oh, Mm-mm. Violet Evergarden. Yeah, we all three of us watched Violet oh, Evergarden. Okay. Uh, and before that, Suki Gakure, I think, which this show is not like. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, guys, you're getting all three of us to review a show this time. <laughs> okay. Who wants to take this away? <laughs> uh, this is. Uh, Kaguya Sama, Love is War. Um, who did this? <laughs> and a Plex. Uh, A1, uh, pictures, A1 Pictures. Yeah. Right yeah. Um, who also did Darling in the Franks, which I mentioned beforehand. Uh, sword Art, uh, Fairy Tale, etc., etc. So the A1's done a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. You've probably watched an A1 show if you're listening to our podcast. Um, <laughs> so uh, the premise of this one's much easier to to go over <laughs> in the last one um essentially uh at this very prestigious high school uh you have um miyuki shirogane and kaguya uh, shinomiya who are the president and vice president respectively uh, of the student uh, student council uh who are both madly in love with each other but also incredibly prideful um and the way the premise kicks off is that the way they see their romantic uh, interest is through wins and losses. So they are trying to kind of one up each other in the game of love until one of them breaks and uh, confesses, but they don't want to be the one that breaks. So it's a battle of wills. Um, yeah love is war is just a perfect and i see that there's some other kind of names that they gave this and in my anime list synonyms kaguya wants to be confessed to and the genius's war of love and brains which are awful i love it the genius's war of love and brains doesn't doesn't immediately strike you does it make you want to watch <laughs> that is terrible what the fuck i just love it, it it's yeah so it's perfect I, the, the premise is, is wonderful um we also have side characters uh chika fujiwara uh who is the treasure Best girl. Secretary, secretary secretary yeah because yeah. she is the treasure and she's the treasure of this you, show you ishigami who is the <laughs> who is the treasurer uh, <laughs> uh and uh, essentially every episode is um uh like two stories um about uh, the life of um, Yuki and, and Kaguya and their attempts to get the other one to admit that they like uh, each other. Um, 
Well, the way each episode is framed is I just loved it because it's a series of of like matches. Yeah, yeah. And then the narrator plays it out. It's like he sets up this, he sets it up, and then at the end of each match, he determines who the yeah, winner yeah. is. <laughs> a lot that. of draws, a lot of draws, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, it, it's it's mostly played for the laughs but every now and again you'll get uh you'll get the you know the little cute moment um especially uh towards the end i want to say um mm -hmm. with uh the fireworks episode um uh, yeah <laughs> what do you guys think of this one <laughs> I'll let you go it, it was a it was a fun watch um as someone who you know is the romance fanboy of our podcast um a lot of it was frustrating uh in a lot of ways to watch but i found myself enjoying um the comedic beats of it um quite a bit so so i've got something i want to say about that okay. is that a feeling you were going to say that uh-huh and i i think we get i, I love so there's Spoilers, but there's there's no kiss at the end, right? Mm. I mean, there's, there's not there's like nothing. There's, there's nothing not a, there's not a conclusion. The when they're walking past yeah. each other, I I, yeah. I laughed really hard with. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, but I think what's so beautiful about it to me is there's clearly a romance that they just aren't willing to accept, and I love. I want more of this show. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. And if it did conclude, the entire premise of the show would fall apart for another season. So I'm like. If you like the first season, I think that you had to have it end this way if you wanted more. I don't think I don't I think we're gonna get more. Um, I would I would actually love if we got more as well. Um, I would prefer that if we did get more, they'd move out of high school and we'd get a non high school romance developed. That'd be nice. Because um, <laughs> I get sick of the whole. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like uh, my favorite romance is Suki Gakire. Oh, anime that is. And that ends yeah. with a middle school romance that apparently goes into a marriage. And I'm not going to talk about how many of those work out. Um, yeah. like, that's <laughs> terribly unrealistic. But it's still, you know, it's a great story. But this one, I would love to see them like, because they're late developers. It's very clear they're late bloomers. They're just really, really <laughs> super incredibly bad at not being the most prideful damn thing because they're one of them's incredibly rich and smart and the other one had to bring himself up from nothing because he's poor and very smart. Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to say they're believable because they're comedy characters, so they're they're done for, you know, the lulls, uh, essentially. Sure. But they're more believable than a lot of other comedy characters. Like, I mean, uh, you know, people who listen know that I love Ronma one half. But I don't think Ranma is a terribly believable character because he's an asshole <laughs> and he could also punch fast enough to not feel heat when he when his hand passes through fire. So <laughs> a little unbelievable. But like when Kaguya, uh, who is a very sheltered and, and cloistered, you know, rich girl, um, right. loses her mind over Chika, like loses her mind laughing over Chika saying the word penis. I believe that. And that's really funny yeah. because, you know, she's essentially got a child, has a child's humor because, you know, she's, she didn't have that childhood uh, with other kids and stuff like that. So I, 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 I like that. I like that quite a bit. There's so much, 
like there's so much to it and i really the writers of this show to me are just brilliant i mean you take a premise that you've got these two characters who are clear they they're they're crushing on each other pretty seriously but neither of them want to admit it and they're i mean you basically have a love between two sundaries which (laughs) i mean i don't know that it's ever been done but but, uh, you know so Neither one would admit it. And the way that they kind of portray this with the narrator, and it's really funny. Honestly, this is the most I've laughed at a show, especially a romantic comedy, since probably Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun. And I think this one really played off much better than that, even, which is saying a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, it, it's unfortunate, but in, in some cases uh, with comedy, it's it's funny enough to where like mentally you're like oh that was funny like your your mind registers comedy like a fucking robot but yeah but with this one you know i actually laughed quite a bit at the show and i, I thought did. it was i really I thought it was it was yeah. brilliant comedy um I, and i love all the characters too like i i seriously use an um, asshole she, <laughs> use an Ishigami asshole but his <laughs> he's such an asshole but he's so afraid of shinomiya and she uh, yeah she, yeah no i you know <laughs> That she's got that kind of portrayal. She's actually so sweet, you know, on the inside, but everyone sees her as like this kind of like, I don't know what they call that type of character. Oh, that's got the like, you know, the, she's got the knife behind her oh, back with the evil yeah, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the, he's not a Yandere, I guess, but um, twisted evil character. And he's like terrified over that episode where he's saying, um, you know, he thinks she's going to kill him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, he makes, little he pieces me laugh because it like his his when he what do you call it you know just uh says shit without thinking about it and they they, they show up and you know yeah but to me the stuff that got me laughing the most in the show was the little like almost inside jokes within the show like the at the end i just was dying about the the ramen king being the taxi driver <laughs> yeah, at the end, good. you know, and that whole, that whole thing with Fujiwara in the ramen that shop was, so was just weird. amazing. <laughs> Freaking amazing. It was, it was amazing. And, it was not what I was expecting. And then there's like little Easter eggs where there's that little girl she walked to school with that time who, and she had a friend named nicknamed Yeti. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but a, an actual Yeti starts walking across yeah. the street. <laughs> <behind them. Yeah. laughs> It's just the little things like that. The little, if you paused it, you had to pause it at some cases, but there's like a little where they translated the narration or the little stamps that they put on the screen to explain certain things. There's so much gold that's not in your face in this show that it's brilliant. It's a brilliant comedy. I loved this show. I'm so happy I watched it. And also for me, I didn't, I didn't really say this, but Promise Neverland had an absolutely outstanding OP, but this OP took it for me. Uh, I I will catch myself singing along to this, uh, and I don't even own the song yet, which reminds me I need to pick up the song. Love is war. Yeah. Love is war. Love yeah. is war. No, I, I was I was in I was in Kinokuniya the other day picking up manga, and I was singing along to the song because it came on because they have like a little manga section and they'll play <laughs> ops for the season, and I was singing yeah, along to phenomenal. it. I'm like, God damn it, I'm that anime fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it had it had the best op of the season in my opinion, and. It, it like the ed was like the the regular ed was was pr- was really good i i i, like I want the um uh, I, I need to pick up the the anime based on the the, uh, the regular ed but fujiwara's ed was outstanding yes the dance yes 
Yep. Uh, shout. That was the highlight of the show for me. Yep. The, shout out to, 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 to Avali May for for doing that dance. I think uh, Fujiwara and her family. I, I want a spinoff show about them. <laughs> but I think we get an. I think we get enough of her, honestly. In the show, I think she's honestly the unsung hero. The two mains, obviously, being uh, Shinomiya and uh, Shirogane, which I found myself kind of having to continuously remind myself who was who because sometimes they'll use the first name and sometimes they'll use the last name during the narration when they're saying who the winner was. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, who was Kagura? Because <laughs> I'm used to hearing her as uh, Shinomiya. Uh, but Fujiwara was hilarious the way that she interjected sometimes between them and, and she just she just didn't get what was going on behind the scenes with their interactions. And I, I enjoyed uh, rapping Fujiwara as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Um, if there's uh, one thing that I did not care for in the show, uh, it's that the ending felt rushed. Um, yeah. Um, hold on. Ending felt rushed okay. in yeah, what I just way? Cut this part out. Uh, okay. Because I, I, I said the ending felt rushed and immediately it stopped working. I was like, fuck. Um, all right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the ending felt uh, felt a bit rushed uh, in that like uh, the second to last episode, we get uh, Kaguya getting recalled by her father for some reason. And, and mm-hmm. it's just, it seems very serious, you know, like. Oh, she's you know she's uh, what do you call it the the uh, heiress you know of this really rich guy. It's got to be like some kind of I don't know arranged marriage situation you know like they have in the rich families in anime. And I'm like, oh shit, is this is this what the drama is going to be? And then it's just like, no, he just kind of wanted her around to ignore her. And it's like, what? why why couldn't you just go watch the fireworks what the fuck is wrong with you he's just a dick i mean he is just a dick but like give him a better reason than just i wanted you around so i could come by your room and be like hey and then fuck off for the rest of the episode yeah i I don't know i took it more as an i actually kind of liked how that that ending kind of it explained why she is the way she is especially with her romantic interest i mean the 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 cloister nature that came through beforehand we knew she was like a rich girl who like her parents didn't really show her a whole lot of affection i already felt like i knew that like i didn't need more of it um yeah if you're gonna have a drama with the dad like i feel like you know another romantic interest around like an arranged marriage would have been a a better drama but i mean it is a romantic comedy so i guess i shouldn't be expecting that much but at like and it, it did serve like the fireworks episode which i really appreciated because you know you get mm-hmm. shirogane you know trying his best to to make um shinomiya's uh dream come true kagu's dream come true yeah but but yeah it was just baffling i'm like why like this this doesn't make any sense he was just like hi, there you are, now fuck off again, because I'm your dad. <laughs> um, really kind of dumb, but like that's really the only complaint I had about the show. I'm really hoping we do get more, um, so maybe we can see uh, what happens between the two of them, um, but I, I'm not really expecting it. Maybe it, 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 it was really, really popular, like really, really popular, more popular than I was expecting it to be in Japan and in the States. 
Logan, you've been quiet, man. I have been. I didn't want to, you know, rain on your guys' praise parade. <laughs> pretty impressive. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm curious to hear what your some like other than I I I basically you've already kind of aired one of your grievances with the show, but do you, like what what are some other thoughts that you've got on it? Well, so first and foremost, I really don't like comedy. It's not the genre that I enjoy for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I did find a lot of the bits to be pretty funny in the show, um, especially a lot of the bits around Chica. Yeah. Um, like the, the whole card game bit when they were trying to decide who gets to go visit Kaguya when she was sick. Uh-huh. Chica <laughs> kept trying to cheat. <laughs> was pretty good. Um, the rafting bit was pretty good. The uh, the wiener bit was really good. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I, I just, I hated you. Uh, I, he was just a despicable character um, all around. Uh, but, like, I guess I came to the show, you know, shocking. More for the, the romance side of it, not the comedy side of it. And when all was said and done, I felt like we were at the exact same spot uh, as we were at the start. Like, literally nothing changed about the relationship. I think that's literally um, what they say at the last, like, at the in the last scene is that we're back starting over. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what was the point for me yeah. to watch the show then? <laughs> um, if I don't like comedy and the romance is just not worth the time. Um but uh, I mean, that's not to say I didn't enjoy the show. Um, I really, you know, I, I enjoyed watching. It. I don't regret watching it. But uh, yeah, I just I can't be as high on it as everyone else seems to be just because I don't think the yeah. story was, you know, the the drama side of the story was done particularly well. Do you do you think that if we got a season two and that at the end of season two, they had a closure like there was, you know, that they lived happily ever after, if that would save the show for you? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> in for uh, happily ever after. Um, Did you feel like they built the romance up enough for that to be a satisfying ending, though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel it's like- hard, you know, it's it's nice to see a happy ending. And I, I get what you're saying there. And yeah. then I would love it too. I mean, but then again, I was almost not wanting it because I know that this show, I want the, I want more because I, I really thought that this was a premise that was going to get old after the first episode and it just never mm-hmm. did. And it, yeah. I was just, I kept thinking to myself like, and for someone who the comedy really did hit well with, as I'm sure anyone yeah. listening to me can, can tell, I didn't want it to end. So I didn't want them to fall in love and be a couple because then the entire premise is, is done for at that point. So See, I, I disagree with that because I feel like there's so much that they could do with that premise, with them in a relationship with that kind of combative nature. I feel I like there's a lot of maybe. fun scenarios that could play out. I could but, see that actually. You're right. Because then it becomes like the whole love is war in a relationship. It's like now we're. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Um, my favorite character <laughs> didn't get a lot of screen time, uh, but I loved every bit that she did get. And that was, uh, Kagi is kind of like, yes, handmaiden. I, mm. uh, I, I love her. Yeah. The, the, um, the Gyaru maid who's like, when she's around Kaguya becomes completely stone faced. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I, 
<laughs> the bit where she's trying to take a just like <laughs> relaxing <path>. yeah <laughs> she keeps getting bugged by kaguya because kaguya doesn't know how to use technology and twitter <laughs> was really good um but yeah i felt like i wish they had kind of delved more into kaguya's background with her father um because i f- feel like that would have given i more of a a presence in the anime but yeah i don't know you know it was good it's interesting and i think coming in it's just the expectations is what i'm getting and and i came in expecting comedy yeah and honestly i actually i was finishing the show about half an hour before we got together for the podcast and (laughs) uh, i was watching the last episode and i wonder it might have been the second to last no, I think it was the last because I remember there was the drama that came in when she wasn't able to go to the fireworks and she was crying and, and, and Tammy actually walked into the room at that point. And I was like, I, you know, this, this show has been so funny and now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like such, I was like, no, I don't want this from this show. <laughs> and I thought it all played out really well in the end, but it, it felt so weird because the show had been so funny up to that point. And it, I liked that it did what it did. And I thought it was really, really cool that they had that moment of pseudo closure between the, for once they finally, you know, Shirogane finally did show her some affection and like gave in or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't feel right to me. So I don't know if I agree with wanting more of the drama fleshed out. Cause I don't know how they could have made that funny, but again, it yeah. depends on kind of what you're looking for. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Give me more of the drama. Give you more of the comedy. <laughs> Two separate anime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. What do you guys think score wise? Uh, I do mm-hmm. want more of the show. I definitely mm-hmm. can't give it a five. Uh, I'm giving it a five as as a comedy. I'm giving uh, it a five. I, I'd go four point five personally. <laughs> I I loved it. I but would give it. Yeah, I would give it three and a half. Wild. I think this is the most like we've we've um differed. Yeah, because disagreed. Like, yeah, I love it. In, in, like for for both Suki Yakide and uh, and uh, Violet Evergarden, we were both real. Or we were all three really high on it. Um, yeah. rightfully so and anyone who disagrees with us is wrong and deserves to go to gulag <laughs> yeah I, I i like that that's unusual that we disagree yeah. i mean I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to think of like what comedy ranks higher but i think i would need more of it for me to give it a five <laughs> excuse me i'm dying it- it gave me a lot of the same vibes as as you know like oh, I, I mentioned earlier Nichijo. it would have to beat nichijo and it's oh, just not God, gonna, it's not gonna do one. that for me. I haven't seen Nichijo, but this one honestly, I laughed at least once really hard in every single match. So to me, that is a slam dunk of yeah, a comedy, absolutely. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, going from comedy straight into that drama we <sighs> were talking about, uh, I think this one's yours, <laughs> right, Logan? It was. It was a show that I drafted. Uh, this is the last anime that we will be talking about for the winter 2019 season. And that is the second season of Real Girl. Um, I drafted the first season at some point last year, whenever it came out. Um, and I didn't go back and see what I gave it. I feel like I probably gave the first season like a three and a half or a three. Mm. Um, I remember really liking the story and everything, um, around that, uh, 
but the real like downside to that anime was the just atrocious production value. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was done by Hoods Entertainment, uh, the first season and the second season. Um, and like, it makes me very happy to you know say that the production was far far better uh the second season yeah they stepped it up it's like yeah they they the first season was a test run to see if there was interest in the show and then they got that interest and then they were able to kind of get a uh a budget behind them um so yeah this one kind of picks up where the uh first season leaves off um there's still kind of uh we've got uh susui uh, and uh, Iroha are our main couple. Um, they're together and they're still kind of, you know, exploring their relationship. Um, then we've got our supporting cast of uh, Ito, who's the uh, blonde best friend of our main guy. And then Arisa Ishino, um, kind of the loud, um, kind of like, I don't know, nosy friend uh, who's mm-hmm. a girl for the, for the group. And then the uh the quiet ayato uh who tends the garden and then takanashi who's the the mm. asshole blonde asshole. asshole guy yeah 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 um but yeah i mean it's just kind of more of them you know taking um you know each day in stride as they kind of explore more of their relationship uh some interesting you know, branches in the story that I wasn't expecting uh, in the second season, specifically with the potential divorce of oh, okay. uh, I, Susui's I was going to come back to this one because, okay. all right, well, so we're going to start off with this. I almost dropped the show because yeah. of this. Because I of was, this? Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to get too personal, but I've, I've lived through, as a kid, I've lived through a lot of divorces. My parents were divorced a okay. lot. And Uh I was coldly furious at how this was handled very poorly. The the mom just constantly like, oh, maybe I should lose weight. It's like, fuck you. And then the the kids being like, I don't want to move to this place. Fuck you. That's the last thing that was on my mind when my parents were getting divorced. (laughs) My parents were fucking getting divorced. I didn't want to live with two separate people. Like, fuck. I I hated this. And then and then the milk toast fucking ending of no, we were just having dinner, but I betrayed her, so I didn't speak up like a goddamn. I was I so like I'm angry thinking about it. Like I was like, <laughs> "Fuck this show! I don't know what anybody sees in it." I'm glad I stuck it out because the ending is so fucking worth it. But god damn, did I <laughs> yeah. hate that arc? I can't express it enough. It it whatever the show got, it lowered it by point five points just having that stupid ass arc in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think it's okay to kind of explore that kind of no, thing. No, it's it's, it it's absolutely it fine to explore it, but the way they went about yeah. it was terrible, just sure. god awful, yeah. and made me angry. Like angry than I've I've <laughs> been at an anime for a long time. But but mm-hmm. it gets so much better. Mm-hmm. So 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 stick with me. Don't don't if you're don't be mad at me if you really <laughs> love this show. I just hated yeah. that part. The rest of it. We'll get into it. There were some parts I met, but like the ending, so good. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I guess like the big thing about the second season is we just kind of get more relationships. Yes. Um, uh, you know, Iroha and 
uh, since we are together mm. and they're good and they're strong. They, you know, struggled through stuff in the first season and they're good. So now we kind of shift focus slightly away from them. Um, and I, the first one that we get to kind of focus on is uh, Ito and his pursuit of Ido. Ayato, mm. who, yeah, uh, and Ayato, you know, her first love was uh, Susui and, you know, uh, she got turned down because he's going out with Iroha. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you know, you know, it's that, that tough first love, not reciprocated kind of thing. Um, and Ito, you know, mans up and tells Ayoto that he is in love with her. Um, and I felt like they handled it pretty well, like with Ayoto not, you know, instantly diving. Into I was going to say the same thing. Um, I, I, you remember the last yeah. season, the last season of this, I was saying I didn't want them to immediately get together because I felt like uh-huh. that would have been a rebound. I thought they handled this very, very well. Um, yeah, because I, I love like, so Ito confesses to Ayato. Mm-hmm. Ayato's like, no. And her reason, you know, we come to find out is like, she doesn't know if it's really okay to, you know, have a rebound relationship like that. Um, but I liked Ishino's uh kind of contribution to the relationship when Ayato's talking to her about you know everything and each knows just like it doesn't necessarily matter you know when you get into a relationship or how um as long as you like the person yeah. or you know appreciate what they they have to offer so and I appreciated just like the yeah the way that they handled everything. I, I like the fact that um, like Ito changed himself after that and like, yes. because like, you know, no offense to anybody, you know, you, you do you, you know, whatever. But like, I really appreciated the fact that he lost the fucking cat ears and got a goddamn haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's just the old man in me. But I was like, oh, good for you, man. And then like, yeah, you know, Ayato and, and him got together. And I was like, good. This was handled very well, I think. Um, yeah. And like, I... <laughs> really appreciate that this show actually goes past like you know the i like you let's hold hands and that's going to be the big milestone yes yes they actually handle sex for fuck's sake yes oh yeah i was so happy Um, yeah less happy about ito's reaction afterwards i'm like come on man i mean everyone everyone (laughs) reacts different but for fuck's sake um yeah but yeah no yeah I i was really happy with that and then and then they like if there was one like they they have Ishino and Takan, uh, Takanashi. Um, eventually, actually, they get together in the course of um, Anzu and Tsutsui's brother. What was his name again? Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name. Uh, uh, Takanashi's sister yeah, Anzu and Tsutsui's uh, brother uh, get to uh, get together as a like a elementary school couple. So they're they're just kind mm-hmm. of like holding hands yeah. and stuff like that. Cute young but love. Takanashi's, yeah. you know, he's a older brother and, and the man of the house so he's very against it and in the course of that we get the takanashi ishino um pairing uh which mm-hmm. i felt was a tiny bit rushed but it i mean yeah, they, they'd been building like, towards it they had been building towards yeah it, for but sure i don't know i mean i i was i was happier for ishino because she's my favorite character um than mm-hmm. i was for takanashi because i hate that character he's such sure. a prick yeah <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, he's, 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 he's better. Rough he's he's better by the end and especially mm-hmm. by the end end. After. Yeah. Which we'll get yeah. into. But like, 
early sure. on i i remember like i remember after last season we're like fuck this guy <laughs> yeah well yeah fuck him but i guess my biggest surprise you know in the season because my biggest worry coming out of the first season was uh iruha's brother right um, right because he was being super creepy and like territorial and you know predatory towards mm-hmm. iruha um, and I'm glad that they really kind of backed off of that. Like he's still an asshole for most of the show. I, I don't like him even at the very yeah. end. Um, but I'm, I appreciate the fact that they didn't make it a creepy, uh, thing. they kind of did very briefly when, when he's did. like, yes, we're not biologically related. And it's like, well, this is news to us, the listening audience. <laughs> and it's like, but then, like, he doesn't pursue further than that. He just asks her, "Do you want to move back with me?" We'll get, we'll, we'll get into that. I just, yeah, we'll get to that. I'm <laughs> yeah. moving ahead of myself. Um, yeah. So, um, Ishino and Takanashi get together, and now um, we have three couples. Now we've got three couples. A, I think this is the most couples. Oh, four couples. Four couples had. with the with the the, the, oh, yeah, the elementary with school the Anzu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. It's killing me. But that's he was kind of a dick, the little um, run. <laughs> he was. He was. Um, but yeah, so after everyone else kind of like gets together, and we, you know, everyone's all happy and enjoying their relationships and everything. Uh, the focus does turn back to uh, Susui and uh, Iroha. And, you know, the, the whole shtick of the show was that at the end of the, the school year, um, Iroha would be moving in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, come to learn that that's not entirely true. Um, like transferring schools or whatever is what they said. Um, apparently we find out that she has some sort of brain problem that she has to go have surgically. The repaired. only thing I could think was um, like brain tumor. Yeah, some yeah. There's something wrong with their head. Anyways, um, so Su- uh, yeah, Susui like knows that she's going to be leaving. Doesn't know, you know, why or you know, to the degree that things are going to change. But uh, he kind of starts taking things more personally. Like his grades start to take a dip because he wants to spend as much time with her as possible. Um, and comes up with like, uh, up with like a you know a bucket list of things to do, and so they start doing them. Um, and yeah, I mean, their relationship deepens and deepens, and they eventually you know have sex as well, um, which I appreciated. Again, uh, just kind of seeing <laughs> all these characters actually commit to relationships and. Yeah, go go further than hand holding on their desire and, and yeah. a peck on the yeah. cheek. Yeah, no, it was nice. And uh-huh. and for for yeah. those of you out there wondering who haven't watched, no, we don't watch them in the act of sex. You perverts. No, yeah, they don't show anything. It's just <laughs> if if you the, want that, you I the... can recommend something out back. You know, after the show. But for now, let's stick uh-huh. with this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. But yeah, eventually. Uh, Iroha makes a decision to kind of cut him off cold turkey, mm. uh, knowing that she's going to have to go. And at this point, 
uh, Hikari, uh, Susui, knows that her reason for leaving is not transferring schools. It's something far worse than that. Um, and yeah, so like she cuts him off cold turkey and he's trying to figure out why, you know, she's going to leave without saying goodbye or anything like that. Um, they do eventually. He <laughs> camps outside her house. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty great how they handle that too because there's a little bit of comedy to the drama where he's like every day he's got more like he's got a sleeping bag and then he's got stuff, camping yeah. equipment and stuff like that yeah uh-huh. that's pretty good yeah just wearing the brother down <laughs> over time um and he eventually you know works his way into the house and to her room and you know confronts her about it and they kind of uh go back to where they they first met and she tells him that you know, she has to go to America to have a surgery on her brain. Um, and there's a very distinct possibility that uh, as a result of the surgery, she's going to forget everything prior to, you know, that moment. Um, and that's where they part. Mm-hmm. Uh, she leaves to go have the surgery. We don't really know what happens at that point. Um, Hikari goes into kind of a depression, but with the help of uh, the rest of the group, he's kind of able to pull it out um, and we get to see them graduating high school and uh, getting accepted to college and everything. And if the, if the show had ended there, I would, I would have been very upset. Um, I could, could have seen it ending there. Yeah. Um, but I am very happy with what they decided to do post that moment. Um, we get a time skip, a eight year time skip. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, come back to, uh, Hikari working at some company doing something very, very Japanese company. <laughs> yeah. Very office <laughs> building, you know, I, I write memos all day type of thing. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. I want that. <laughs> it sounds nice. Um, uh, and, uh, he uh he's going home from work early to catch anime that uh Ito has made because apparently uh Ito got into the anime industry and is making anime and then he gets a call from Takanashi saying let's go get drinks. And so he goes and joins them. Ito's there um and we find out that uh Takanashi and Ichino are getting married because she's pregnant. Um <laughs> because she's pregnant. <laughs> and uh I was like, yeah, okay. I can get behind this. Um, yeah, apparently they've been off and on, uh, which makes a lot of sense considering their personality. Yeah, types. they clash. Um, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then I get, what do we get? Is it a little time skip after that? And then they're at the wedding. Yeah. We, we skip around quite anything? a bit, but not, not very far, not that far into the future. Yeah. yeah. We skip to the wedding. Uh, and then we see, um, uh, Iroha com- no, coming be. back. Is it? Oh, we skipped to... Yeah, because we... Because, no, Iroha was at the wedding, wasn't she? Oh, you're right. Whose wedding was it then? Yeah. Or what was it? No, that was, that was hers. I think... I think... Uh... No, we, uh, we we go <sighs> to... Um, uh, to Iroha uh, coming back to Japan for the first time in, in eight years. And yeah. uh, her brother mm-hmm. is guiding her around asking her, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And she has no memory of 
of anything, of anything. until uh, and until she finds uh, the charm that they bought, something like that. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going through some boxes in her old room and finds that. Uh, I forget what it was. Just like a yeah, a weird like a Buddha charm. charm or something like that. And yeah, Buddha charm. That's what it was. And it doesn't bring any memories back for her, but she gets a feeling that it was something important to her <laughs> and that she had bad taste when she was young. <laughs> something uh, I think we could all so, yeah. kind of recall and <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, I I did for have sure. bad taste when I was that age. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of brings it up to her brother and the brother makes the decision to, you know, to be fair to her. He's going to go find uh, Hikari, and as Hikari's leaving work, they kind of uh, meet outside, and you know, um, she doesn't remember him, uh, even after seeing him uh, initially. But after a conversation, she slowly starts to remember who he was, and kind of end that scene with her remembering his name. Uh, which was like a major win. Mm. Just me fist pumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, then then we get to go to uh, Ishino and Takanashi's wedding um, where uh, Hikari brings um, Iroha with him and uh, they kind of... Uh, it's like after the wedding's over, she's standing outside and they kind of all kind of reunite, and she is like vaguely remembering things about all these other people. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really cool, just the way that they did things. Um, it's like I appreciate that you know there wasn't some like one trigger that brings all her memories. Yeah, back. it's it's a, it's a slow um, progression. The slow progression, and then after the wedding, there he's walking her back to wherever her brother's at, um, and uh, asks her to not go back to uh, L.A., which is where they had the surgery and where they were living for the past. Eight yeah, years. apparently she had like friends over and, there, and like she'd made memories these past eight years in L.A. Yeah, uh, and uh, her memories of their relationship had come back at this point. And so she agreed to stay with him. And uh, we get to end the series on their wedding. Time skip. Which, uh, time skip. Yeah, another little time skip. Uh, Ishino has her kid. Um, cute little little baby. Um, oh, and I guess, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but we don't get any Ayato. Oh, yeah, that bugged me. <laughs> Yeah, like it's clear that Ito and Ayato aren't together again. Uh, we, you know, they, there's like a passing comment that Ayato got married um, previously and she couldn't make it to uh, uh, Ichino and Takanashi's wedding. Um, but she shows up at uh, Iroha and um, Hikari's wedding, uh, apparently divorced. <laughs> and uh, Ito ass her out on the spot see i was i was much. happy for ito but i'm like man that plot convenient why couldn't she just be yeah. together with him later on like why did we need all this nonsense like like now i have to know like what the hell happened between them and if if they yeah. did separate for well, a reason I mean, then why why get back together at your friend's wedding <laughs> 
I think they they weren't going to school at the same place, so that maybe had <sighs> like to college. I don't know. I mean, there's there's an, any number of reasons why someone would break up with another person. It was a, it, it was a really yeah. small thing, but it was a small thing that like at the yeah. end where I was like, I was mostly focused on Irohan and uh, Tutsi, but yeah. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. That's how we'll wrap it up yeah. with those two. Anyways, yeah. Eh. We got what we wanted in the end, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how the show wraps up. Um, blew my expectations out of the water for how <laughs> this show is going to end. Um, I, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the second season. I don't know if you have any other comments that you would like to add there. Oh, Carlos. no, the, like I like you said, the, the I, I didn't expect it to end this way. Honestly, I mean, I hate to say it, but I was expecting dead Iroha at the end of this. I was like, I was. Yeah. yeah. I, and if that happened, I, I, I kind of. Oh, OK. Beginning of the season, I was expecting dead Iroha at the end of this. Now, I was getting <laughs> a lot of kind of positive stuff from everybody in the community so i'm like okay no way logan's this hyped on it if she dies at the end so so <laughs> like my, it did blow my early expectations out of the water but like when I, when you said yes you you should watch this so we can review it together i was like okay this like there's no way we would be talking about this if she was like together if, if she was dead um mm -hmm. uh other than that, I mean, yeah, like you said, we did get what we wanted at the end. I mean, uh, um, all the the couples together. I liked Ishino so much that I'm happy she was. I'm just happy she was happy. Um, yeah, it was exactly. a little a little yeah. odd that they had to to uh, strain it through this friend who just really liked sweets and liked Ishino because he put her in the same mind as as his first love, his like kindergarten teacher or something like that. Which is like, yeah. all right, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure why we needed him, but I've, I guess that, that kind of pushed, like, give Takanashi the kick in the ass he needed. Um, yeah. Other than that, the only, yeah. only thing that, that really detracts from my enjoyment was the divorce. The, if not for that, this would have been a perfect season yeah. for me. This honestly would have been a five out of uh -huh. five. But, but yeah. it's still, and I it's still that, an yeah. incredible ending. And I'm so glad I did stick with it because if I hadn't stuck with it, that I would have been missing out on probably one of the best endings for a romance that I've seen since yeah since Sukiyaki Day ever really yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah been it's, it's been a long time so um yeah uh, I'm sure it comes as no surprise that I'm gonna give this show a five uh -huh. um because it's a damn good romance and that's it's hard to do these days. I will give it a 4.5, which I've given the last three shows a 4.5 because I'm a <laughs> hack. <laughs> you damn hack. It's so interesting to me that we closed out with like both sides of the romance genre. Comedy and drama. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. It's kind of hard to get just a straight romance. I mean, the last straight romance I can think of was. No, there was some drama in Snow White with red hair. Yeah, I don't think you can have just a straight yeah. romance. There's always got to be like no. I mean, there's with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, there's always drama or yeah, it, romance doesn't stand on its own. It needs something to go with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. Season, yeah, actually, guys. looking at at how we did, um, 
not bad at all. Uh, no. Yeah. So only one five out of five, though. So I think that might be a first. Normally, we give more of those out. Yeah, and the way we do our scores is we take the average and round up to the next point five or yeah, whatever. But, so I mean. And just like explaining to people, like you gave it a real girl a four point no, five. Oh yeah, yeah, five, yeah, yeah. So no, therefore, no. Five. But I mean, like, yeah, 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 I think yeah. even the rest of us. I don't think any of us gave it a five, right? All right, sorry. Take two. I I don't think any of us gave anything else gave, a five, right? I gave Kaguya-sama a five. Oh well, then that gets a five. No, no because, because I gave Logan it a three. Did. Oh, <laughs> derpy derp. Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Numbers yeah. and me are not friends, uh, and this is why okay. I I, I don't sorry. major in any math or science because I'm a dem. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, only one show, only one show lower than the two point five. That's good. So that's, that's so pretty good. good. Yeah, let's 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 keep it that way. Although I am hearing bad stuff about my baseball show this season. I'm so I'm so scared. Yeah, I know. I'm really scared. Um, But yeah, uh, that was uh, we we finally got through winter. Uh, We actually ramped up this episode. It's funny. We started with two two point fives. We moved on to a three point five. We had four four point fives and then a five. We ramped up the entire uh, episode to the best show. Three three four point fives. The Kotobuki was a four four out of five. Oh, yeah, I yeah. gotcha. Cool. But yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Save the best for last. Yeah, yeah we I like we, it. we had we I we, we definitely backloaded it, but you would almost think there was some method to the way we want these shows up. <laughs> it's usually shows we want to talk about at the end, and I can't imagine there's not a whole yeah. lot of shows that I want to talk about that are like, fuck this show. Um uh-huh. it's always easier to talk about a show when someone else has watched it. Yeah, that's so. true. That too. No. And and we try not to recommend shows to each other that are bad because we try to, you know, uh, we, we, we want this podcast to yeah. last and we want to remain friends. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, next time we show up at AX, it's going to be like, you son of a bitch. And we're going to be like fighting in our hotel room. And yeah, not good. Not good. We probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, guys, it was fun. Yeah, indeed. We should we yeah, should do we, this uh, again. I forgot sometime. to ask the community. <laughs> yeah oh we will soon i'm sure <laughs> while while i was listening to you guys talk about real girl i downloaded obs software oh obs okay so maybe i'll maybe i'll stream someday in the future some Shadowverse. there play. you go there you go i can nice. stream being being very poor at it against you <laughs> <laughs> or, or something but yeah uh we, we definitely have a have a lot going on um were you about to say logan though that we didn't ask the community yeah, we didn't ask the community. That's no, it's my all bad. good. It's, we all um, we all forgot. Um, we'll we'll try and we'll so. try and get your guys' uh, opinions on shows and stuff next season. But if you're listening, yeah. I'm curious how many actually listen to the end of the episode. So go ahead and tell us. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. send us send us your um, uh, your opinions. Give us yeah, your give us five. your top five. Yeah, we'll we'll see how many of you listen actually listen all the way through the episode. Give us your top five. None. Yeah, nobody. None of you. Everybody just as soon as we were done with Real Girl, they were like, "All right, we're done with these people." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yep. Give us your top five in the podcast question section of uh, our Discord channel, which is usually where your stuff goes. Yeah. Um. Other uh, stuffs going on. But yeah. Uh. We have the. We just started uh, Scrap Princess in the group watch. Uh. That's going to be what like twenty four episodes. So you've got time uh, if you want to catch up and join us. And what else is going on? Um, I think Eric's going to be starting up Hunger Games again pretty nice. soon, so be on the lookout for that. 
Um, um, hopefully it's not too yeah. late to get my team in because I do want to join this time. No, no, I don't think he hasn't take, uh, opened up submissions yet, so he's still got time. We're ramping up to AX. We got about two months. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I got to get my plane ticket. Yeah, I need to grab mine, too. I'm, I'm going to try and probably, probably try and um, schedule mine around uh, either your slogan, your your times or Stevens. I mean, mine's probably going to be pretty oh, Okay, good. well, then probably Stevens. Um <laughs> I just hope we find out what shows are coming this year soon. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you know concerts they bring. Yeah, we'll we'll be at AX. So uh, if you're going to AX, and you know, get ready and and come say hi. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about that more as we get closer to AX. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in in joining our community, uh, you can do so by uh, shooting us an email at uh, mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Uh, finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade uh, on Twitter at anime underscore arcade uh, or Instagram at uh, the underscore anime underscore arcade. Um, yeah, just send us a message in any one of those and uh, we can get you an invite in the discord to join us uh, or uh, go to our website that we rarely update. I am terribly, terribly sorry, uh, which is uh, animearcade.net. And uh, and give us a review on iTunes. Oh yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, I always man. forget to say that. Haven't looked for yeah. those in a while. Yeah. Do we have any? Uh, stalling, stalling, <laughs> stalling, 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 <laughs> stalling. Uh, so review Starlight. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a shit PvP, <laughs> but good game. Yeah, the PvP does suck. It's hard. Uh, it's it's so it's if you don't have one unit, you're just boned. Um, also, we are we are deep in the Fate Go CCC event. Um, so, if you are looking for a community to talk to, if you don't already have one, uh, and you um, you're looking for a much smaller community where you know we'll actually read your your Discord comments because they don't disappear in a second, um, then yeah, yeah, hit us up. We're we're always down to talk uh, Fate Go and stuff like that. Um. Okay, we do have one <laughs> one review from Seth Amaha uh, on our Discord from December thirty first, twenty eighteen. Nice. <laughs> he, gave us, he gave us yeah five stars. Thank you for that. Um, I don't even want to read this. Uh, High Fury was not that bad. It was. I actually kind of liked it. Fox Spirit Matchmaker season two was actually quite decent. Carlos? I'm sorry. Yeah, that I I am also gonna contend with that. But the the fact that you have to okay. read this makes my day a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah, um, and the love live talk needs to be toned down. By okay. Like 10 levels. Okay. A, a very enjoyable <laughs> show. <laughs> we are going to fight. <laughs> in in uh, review Starlight because I uh, I have that you, unit yeah. you were talking about. No. <laughs> um. Catch Thank us outside, Seth, at AX. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Apparently, uh, someone gave us a two-star review. We didn't have the the uh, yeah, didn't. cojones to leave an, a written I, review. I can already so. hear That's it. Cool. Too much love life. <laughs> Carlos. It's all my fault. I'm sorry, guys. That guy That guy speaks with too much vocal fry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's it's a... True, that's a... That's a... That's a uh, yeah, that's cut. an anime arcade deep cut. Yeah, yeah. We we got we got uh, some crap over Jeff's uh, 
voice question mark <laughs> yeah too much uh gravel yeah. bubble yeah. i don't know whatever that word is anyways okay we're done <laughs> yeah thank you all for listening this has been the second review cast for this uh winter 2019 season and uh we hope you look forward to more yeah and this is anime arcade signing off for now thank you for listening peace